Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate. And listen, first of all, uh, sorry we've been gone so long. It's been difficult to get our schedules to match up. Spent a couple of weeks out of the country in Boston. Had a lovely time, thank you. We're two grown men both working quite hard. So uh, that's the way it is. That's uh, why this is free, I guess. Anyway, thank you ever so much to everyone who got in contact with us to let us know what they thought about the Pet Shop Boys episode. We had fun doing it. Not a classic album. Uh, some of you guys out there really loved it. But most people, I think, were in agreement it was not their best work. Uh, I want to send a couple of shout-outs here. First of all, to the guys from Riot Act Podcast. Big up to Stephen Hill. has got a new podcast called uh, True Cult Pop. We got a little shout-out. Well, I we. I got a shout-out. They said I sounded like the rapper from Ebenezer Good. Pricks. Uh, and also, Renfrey's got a podcast called three is a magic number i don't believe he's alluded to the fact i sound like any particular rapper which is a plus for me anyway big up to those guys they're always really good to us um check out their new works and support what they're doing what else can i tell you oh yeah i've had some reasonably big news i've uh, that's not big news really i've i've, I've launched a website like it's 1998 dave uh, if you want to find out where i'm gigging and read stuff i've written about myself it's all very fucking egotistical isn't it but the one thing i have got on there is my special adh dave it was my 2019 edinburgh show i recorded a version of it just after lockdown 2021 i'm pretty proud with the way it turned out it's a very personal show i was quite glad to say goodbye to it because it's about quite a difficult time in my life but i hope you guys will go and check it out as i say if you go to uh, davefensum.com uh, go to the video section you will be able to find it if you want to leave a comment on the youtube or give it a thumbs up or something like that that would hugely be appreciated if you want to if you think it's shit keep that to yourself mate don't need to hear it uh i get that in gigs anyway guys uh, i hope you enjoyed today's episode we're talking about take that we wanted to get my wife jenny involved as we alluded to on the meatloaf episode uh it was just going to cause at least another two weeks worth of delay so we went down the path of least resistance on this one if you are tuning in hope to hear from jenny i'm really sorry uh we'll get her back on something in the not too distant future her feedback is basically she liked howard's bum that's pretty much it anyway guys enjoy this episode and i'll see you soon Yes, yes, people. Welcome to another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. My name is Dave Fensom. I'm here with Mr. Krista Greer. Hello, everybody. Oh, man. We are, we're here. We're back. We are back. Sorry for the delay. I mean, I've, I'll have apologised in the intro. Fuck it. Uh, you're not having a second apology from me. <laughs> yeah, fuck is. Anyway, we're back and we're going to talk uh, about, I mean, if you talk about pop music in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially what we are doing. If you're certainly if you're in the United Kingdom, uh, not going to be in that conversation very long before the name of the band that we're covering today Absolutely. turns up. Absolutely. We're one of the biggest ones of the decade, really. Uh, and still going today. Yeah, is, absolutely. Uh, we talk about a lot of different pop acts in passing on this. Most of them did not last. Most of them in and out, gone. 
never seen again. Oh, these guys have got a surprising amount of albums I discovered on Spotify. That's very true. I, I, yeah, anyway, so um, look, um, you've downloaded this. You can see the name on screen. Obviously, there's not really a lot of point in we're, we're alluding to the fact that it's Take That, obviously. It is absolutely about. Take That. Um, this is their second album, Everything Changes. Yes, indeed. And this was the first one that got to number one, which is why we're doing it. The previous absolutely. one, uh, 1992's Take That and Party, yeah. only got to number two. And we kind of you know glossed over it. We mentioned it whenever we had to in the top ten. Mm-hmm. But we didn't actually have to do a full episode on it. And so this is the first time that we have properly uh, done a full look at the band and an album. I mean, I'm presuming at the time you were not listening to Take That. Certainly not. No. And where we're looking at, this is October 1993. Mm-hmm. And so I had started university that year in yeah. September. This is, uh, you know, October I was... You know, now going out in Studentville and going to, I mean, I was trying to go to a load of the indie clubs that were around because um, that's what I was into. Yeah. But obviously, Freshers Weeks, uh, student nights, cheap booze, the, the one pound Monday night stuff, I was going to some pop nights. Yeah. And so I was very aware of uh, Take That because I was hearing it and it was all over the radio and all over TV, but I was not listening to it. I had absolutely gone, fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah, fuck those guys. It was, yeah, to me, it was, I guess, the epitome of bland pop that was out there. Yeah. My opinion has kind of changed on Take That over time. Mm-hmm. And looking back now, I would say there's a very, very solid set of hits in their mm-hmm. back catalogue. Uh, and I can name a, a load of Take That songs that I very much like. i tell you what I have never done, though, mm-hmm. and that's listen to a Take That album. Oh, no. Why, I mean, why would you ever listen to an album? Because pop acts like this especially, the singles are the good ones. Yeah. You know, those are the ones you hear on the radio because they are the good ones. No one wants a pop act album track in general. Look, I've got some Paula Abdul album tracks that I'm very, <laughs> very fond of. Thank you very much. Okay. I've been talking with Stephen Hill uh, about Naina Cherry on, on, on Twitter a little oh, yeah, bit, yeah. and I've got some Naina Cherry album tracks that I'm very I fond see. of, to okay. be honest with you. Um, big shout out to Stephen, by the way. Um, check out his uh, his new podcast. Well, oh, it's, a, it's kind of a continuation of their old podcast, but with a new presenter, True Cult Pop. I got uh, I, Someone said I sounded like Ebenezer Good on it the other day. Fuck you, people. Yeah, that's abuse, that is. That's it's, it's a, it is abuse, uh, and I've got loads of salmon, so there you go. But no, I, obviously, why would you ever listen to, uh, take that album if you didn't have to, if you're us, you know? Um, I certainly wasn't listening to that at the time. Um, there was, whenever I moved into my first student house uh, in 93, the girl who was there, a girl called Joanne, lovely girl, she was from Newcastle or somewhere mm-hmm. around there, and she was the biggest take that. She was, you know, had posters on the wall, that yeah. sort of stuff, you know, playing it all the time. Um, and so... It, that kind of gave me an extra, oh, for fucking hell, these guys, yeah. because they were so everywhere around me in that that point. So I definitely took against them. And it was such a big album uh, when this came out that Radio 1 was awash with this stuff. Oh, you yeah. know, And that's all we had to listen to at that point. This is, this is kind of, I mean, it's not even really peak take that because they got even bigger they did they did but, but this, this was this was the the release where it was like you know there was there were queues of people waiting wait out for this well girls yeah. fainting whenever anyone from take that yeah this this was a big step up for them uh, mm-hmm. from the last album and if we look at the like so the last album was take that and party um, their first album the last one mm-hmm. um and it went in at five in 92 peaked at number two we never had to do it um and that was like two years after they formed. They formed in 1990, and they were essentially formed around Gary Barlow. Yeah. There was a producer who had gone, I want to make the UK New Kids on the Block. 
um, he knew Gary Barlow was a songwriter mm-hmm. and formed the rest of the band around him. So you, you brought in Robbie Williams and Mark Owen to do backing vocals. Yeah. And then there was Jason Orange and Howard Donald, which is a very Northern Irish great I mean, great Jesus name. Christ. Let's, let's hear you say Howard again. Hard Donald. Hard Donald. Yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got one of the hardest Donalds I've ever had. This is I could yeah. I could bang an alien with this. Well, hard Donald uh, was brought in. <laughs> We're just gonna have to call him the H man. Yeah. I can't have this. He was, uh, you know, again, he was the oldest of lot as well. He was like twenty or something whenever they started. Twenty two. He was older than the rest, which anyway. means he was old enough to know better about those dreadlocks later down the oh, line. God, really was. He really was. was. Yeah. Um, but so they were brought in, and they formed around the basis of Gary Barlow's uh, being the singer songwriter, and yeah. the rest of them were just some fluff for the girls to look at. Mm-hmm. And the first album did well. And it spawned, out of 13 tracks on the first album, seven of those fuckers were singles. Yeah. One of them didn't make top 75, so fine, but it got them noticed. Then they get like a top 41, and then they had top 20s and top 10s mm-hmm. from that album. This album, all the singles, and there's six singles from 13 tracks on yep. this one, and they all went top five. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is a step up. And this is also where you do see the kind of the real take that mania kicking in. You know, this is where you see they're winning the smash hit poll winners party awards. Uh, people are queuing up to you know meet yeah. and greet the band, and obviously you know in this album you know uh, obviously built around Gary Barlow, but in this album's thirteen tracks, Gary Barlow is the main vocalist on the lion's share of them. But, oh, absolutely! But you've also got a lead track by Robbie Williams. You've got a yep. lead track by Howard Donald. Yep. Uh, and you've got a lead track by uh, Mark, Mark Owen. Absolutely. Uh, Jason Orange. Yeah, sorry, Jason. Sorry, Jason. Yeah, you just keep dancing in the background. You, you carry on. Yeah, but look, you're right. This is the first time that they had he had maybe let... I think the previous album, Robbie had done Could It Be Magic. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that was a top 10 hit. But... No, absolutely. It was more him than uh, this one. This one, he's only lead on 10 of the 13 tracks. Cool. Tell you what I, what I didn't realise as well. Um, Gar- Gary Barlow apparently did have a, a proper reputation as a good songwriter at yep. the time. As a fucking young lad, he was 14 or 15 when he was writing songs. Mm-hmm. One of his first gigs, he played the organ in a Ken Dodd show when he was 14. Really? That's what his, his wow. role was. He, he was like the musical accompaniment to Ken Dodd. And he submitted a Christmas song to Pebble Mill, um, their song for Christmas thing. When again, when he was like 15 or something, then it got played and it was shortlisted and played on the show. And it was called Let's Pray for Christmas. Lovely. Lovely. Man. Yeah. That's where Gary's coming from. Also, a uh, an under t- under 18s limbo champion. What? Yeah, he was known as Set the Barlow Barlow. Fuck me. Well, there we are. <laughs> oh, lovely. I just want to point out that the first shit joke of this episode wasn't by me. Didn't, oh. even, didn't even write that one down. Straight off the dome. Straight, straight off the dome. Pow, pow, pow. Amazing. Anyway. Also, this album, uh, there are four number one songs in a row of this album where the, the single went in at number one. And they were the first people since the Beatles to do that uh, wow. in the UK charts. I'm very, very comparable man. They also were the first act to release eight singles that entered the chart at number one. Wow. And apparently this album holds the UK record for the number of top 10 singles for a group from one album. Wow, that is... I, yeah, that's okay. big. yeah, I mean, I can see that because when you, when you think about people that have done that, it is mostly solo artists, isn't it? Or it, it'll be like the five went top 10 and then the last one got to number 27. I mean, I guess what we're saying here is take that or were a legitimate pop 
sensation in oh, terms of really big deal. what they did in the UK yeah. there, there was no one bigger they were no one was eclipsing them you know in terms of actual just kind of powerful out of the gate pop music yeah. sales yeah think about this right the this album um, and again released in October was the third best-selling album of the year, 1993, in nice. the UK. Yeah. Uh, wow. With, with two months, essentially, of sales. Uh, only beaten by Meatloaf, which we've seen was a fucking behemoth, mm-hmm. and R.E.M., which was released much earlier in the year. Sure. So it was a huge album. This was really big. Yeah, from a bunch of, you know, kind of early, like late teenagers, early 20 lads. And, yeah. And, and Howard Donald. And our, <laughs> granddad Donald over here. Yeah. Um, anyway, so right, let's, uh, as we always do, we uh, we always start with the album mm-hmm. cover. And wow, what an album cover this is. Uh, well, it's... It's over here. That's over nonsense. Oh, I mean... I, oh, yes, I've got the CD for this. I bought this for how much? Uh, 99p. 99p in a charity shop. You got 99 pence and, and it bought you the CD. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is joyously gay, isn't it? It's so camp. There is gay porn that isn't this gay. <laughs> I could co- I could go over there and suck your cock now, yeah. and it would not be as gay as it this album cover. Yeah. Or anywhere near as sexy. That's true. Although I would get paid. Would you? A fucking word. In sperm. Ugh. Yeah. Sperm dollars. <laughs> Take this. Tadpole oh, pounds. Spunk bucks. No problem. So, I mean, at least we're both admitting that you would come. Oh, that's true enough, actually. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Um, right. Oh, fucking, where does this come from? Anyway. So um, uh, anyway, carry on. Um, I was going to say that uh, whenever they first came out, obviously, uh, they had that infamous video the very first thing they released was them dancing in like assless chaps yeah and so they were definitely going for the gay club scene uh, audience yeah. in 1990 or 91 whatever that was mm-hmm. by this point I wonder were they still deliberately courting that or had they gone actually the market is now teenage girls I mean I don't know I mean it's, it's very or is it just both if, can, is that photo both Look, let's, let, let, let's talk about what the album did. Let's, let's kind of set a scene oh, sure, here. Yeah. So basically, what you've got is uh, it's some lovely lads. They're all wearing kind of light linen. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if it's white or beige. Yeah. Uh, and they're all in a pile, aren't they? They are. They're all kind of cuddling yeah. and looking at each other and smiling. Gary Barlow's got a shark tooth uh, necklace on. Yeah. Don't know Whatever. why. It was ja- the 90s. Jason Orange looks like he's recently been entered. <laughs> I mean, look. look, look Look at that! Look at that face on Jason Orange. He's like, "Yeah, that's oh, happened." Yeah, it's in. Um, he's quite mellow with it Ooh. though. Um, Howard's looking right. Uh, Robbie's looking left. Mark Owen straight into the camera. Yeah. I don't know this kind of everyone in white linen aesthetic. I feel like I've seen a lot of boy bands well, dressed it, like this. Absolutely. Well, it's a classic boy band boy band thing. It's the uh, the pure mm. lads. You know these sweet boys who you could bring home and meet your mother. Yeah. Fair enough. New kids wouldn't have dressed like this. They were more gangster. Yeah. Yeah, as we find out when we, we listen to out, that yeah. album. Big up them. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, take that definitely. E17 wouldn't have done this. No, no, absolutely not. But E17, look, right, let's let's be clear, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, these are not bad boys like E17. These no. are lads that will hold your hand at the chemist while you get the morning after pill. Absolutely. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, stroke um, your hair as you throw it I up. mean, why is it so white, though, man? Is it in heaven? Is it a gap ad? This is an image that was not composed with me in mind, obviously. And you know what? As an archetypal image, yeah, right. This very much works as a cover for this album. You think so? I think it's too bland. I think it works as an inside cover or something, but I think it's not striking enough for an album cover. Oh, I think I think for this album cover, if you're going, it's so neutral. If you're going, I want to sell this album to the audience that we're going to sell it to. I think that works very, very well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're not going to sell it to me. 
So, and I don't particularly like it. Yeah. But you're not trying to sell it to me. Oh, not at all. Not at all. So as, as a piece of marketing, I think this is very, very well conceived. Um, I mean, it's so fucking early 90s. Look at that hair, man. Look oh, at the, uh, I was watching some of the videos and the hair is dreadful. Look at the, the amount of hair gel these people have. Yeah. There must have been companies that sold hair gel in the 90s that were just absolutely at the top of the stock exchange. Oh, sure. And when the 2000s came, they must have been like, oh. Oh, what's happened there? Yeah, well, we'll f- oh, we'll fucking hell. We'll, I guess we're going to have to sell everything. Yeah. Because, I mean... That amount of hair gel was unsustainable, oh, wasn't it? Maybe they ran out. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I mean, they used up all of the natural hair gel sources in the world. Anyway, um, so look, look, it is what it is. It's an archetype. It's it, shit. It is. And, you know, after these guys, Boyzone did that. Westlife mm-hmm. did that. The imagery yeah. was uh, set then for a lot of years for this is what boy bands do. Anyway, I'll, let's uh, let, let's move on. Yeah. All right. Uh, don't think there's anything else I, I need to say about this. Just we've said how big a deal this album was. We've said that we had never heard it before because at the time they were the fucking devil. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking going into this though? What I'm, your, what's I'm, your expectation? Expectation because similar to you, I I mellowed on the band over mm. time. It didn't take me too long because back for good in whatever that was ninety five. I thought oh, that's a really good song. Yeah. And. Looking back, I was probably just being a dick a lot of the time for the sake of it because I was aware that some of these songs were catchy. I was just yeah. deliberately not liking them. Mm-hmm. But I was going into it going, this is a, an album of 90s pop and I suspect it's going to be not very good. See, I'm, I'm going into this a little bit more optimistically. I'm going, yeah, okay. I'm going right, uh, you know, I, I probably know most of the singles. I'm hoping that there's a couple of other bits on here that mm-hmm. are, you know, are, you know, upbeat and fun and maybe some choruses or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I'm going into this going, okay, I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be fun. Fine, yeah. I would like to think that, but I'm I'm dubious going in. Okay, well, let's go in track one. The, the, album, the first track is the title track. It's called Everything Changes. Okay. Let's see what we've got. Oh, it's uh, Barry White straight away. Come over here. And there he goes. This is Robbie Williams on the solo vocal. On the solo creep. Mm. I'm right in with the falsetto here as well. Okay, like contemporary disco banner, banger, uh, or plodder, whatever you yeah, want to call it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's got that very, very 90s production where everything is smooth sure okay. I mean this is very very produced and you know you have to say the production is is good on most of these songs yeah I mean listen uh, there's some, some real fucking accent mangling coming on from Robbie Williams here. I, I don't know why but he seems to be doing some of the real Elton John I don't know why he's trying yeah to. I guess if you like you know his solo career he doesn't sing like this does he I don't think so not that I can remember this song, whenever this came on I was like oh that's a bit weird and we're in a kind of pr- slightly pre-auto-tuned age here, yeah. and there are some, there are some fucking flat, flat notes re- in parts of this. Some places you go and oh, that's mm, that stands out. You know, and, I, I don't, why is it in this such a high register? Because he sounds like he's struggling some of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Young in his career, doesn't know his limits yet. Possibly, or it might be that uh, Barlow wrote it for himself. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is what he would have sung it in, and he's just gone, actually, fair enough, Robbie, you do this one. I don't know. So, I mean, look, the singing isn't what we'd call inspirational. The lyrics are saccharine and throwaway. Yes. And this, you know, it's it's often the chorus you look for and take that song, and I don't think this is a great chorus. I, I think, think it's that, dull as shit, this. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it is hooky, 
and it is like it will stick in your brain. I've had I've had sure. this song rotate in my brain a lot since I've been listening oh, to this I see, album. Really, but I think the harmonies are quite languid. Mm. I mean, there's a very very sexy sax coming up. Oh, there's certainly I mean, that was the only bit that I, I was happy with on this song because I think the rest of it is pretty ballless. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm not into this one. No. Oh, here we go. Is it coming up? Oh, it's coming up soon. Uh, no, I think this is for first song on an album. I think it's a bad choice. Yeah. But then this was a single. This got to number one. It was the fifth single of the six. Mm-hmm. It got to number one in April '94. Oh, here we go. Saxophone. Come on. Um, but it's it's possible that it got to number one just uh, on momentum alone because this is the fifth single and they were already just getting number one because people were buying it. Because take that. Yeah. I don't think this is a good song. Oh, yeah. I think this is. I think this is like a fucking bad Donna Summer B-side. Uh, yeah, and the drums are so far down in the mix, it's like they're not even there. This is just, you know, there's well, that, nothing that's, at that's all. Well, that's not a problem that this album has a lot, but it's... Yeah, no, but on this one... Really and it's a really... Un- I mean, you know, a lot of these things depend on how you feel about straight 4-4 disco beats. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not their biggest exponent. You know, I, I like them when they're done well. Um, sure. I mean, I'm a massive Lady Gaga and Madonna fan. So, oh, right, so, yeah, true. You know, but uh, yeah, no, not for me. No. It doesn't, it doesn't do it's anything well. It's insipid and it's throwaway, and it's not a good first track. I think we're in agreement there. No, um, and for me as well, this is only three and a half minutes of, of a song, mm-hmm. which thank you very much. Well done, keep good. it short. But it feels like longer because. It's the same chorus over and over. Mm-hmm. There's only a couple of verses which change it up. Everything else is just the same it shit. It very much feels very one note, the whole song, yeah. doesn't it? It's, yeah. song, oh, it's like they've looped that bit yeah. and then it's just going on. Yeah. Yeah, rubbish. No, um, and like you say, the, the lyrics are pretty bollocks. It's just, it's Robbie and his lady friend are going to be separated mm-hmm. by distance. Um, and that's going to be a big change for them and everything changes. But the one thing that won't change is like... But, you know, you and me, girl, I'll still love you. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've got that from just the words, everything changes. Oh, exactly. I mean, come on. The one thing I don't understand, though, in the lyrics, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> why would this conversation that he's having, but everything changes but you, and we'll, we're still, you know, we're, we're going to get through this. It's mm-hmm. fine. Why would he put in a bit that says, the rumor's true, that you know there have been others. What I can do, I tell you, baby, they don't mean a thing. Don't bring that shit up. Yeah, yeah. Just let, just yeah. leave that. Just leave it to one side, mate. Exactly. No one wins. If you bring Maybe this up. he knows that she's about to bring it up, and he thought he'd get it. In oh, there well, in that case, you're, yeah, get ahead of get, the get ahead of the game. Absolutely. Yeah, control the narrative. There you go. There we go. Possibly. But right. then, do we? Right. I think we have to at this at the top of this. It's this is a pop album, and this is a pop album by some fucking. 19 year olds mm-hmm. and Gary Borrow's actually writing the lyrics for these um, it's not well for most of them anyway yeah. it's not some 50 year old producer writing words for young lads to sing the lyrics are almost you know by the by oh no I mean not even almost they are look they're, they're you could pretty much ignore all the words on this you album, know literally you? all you need is love and girl and that's pretty yeah. much what you've got these are not songs designed to hold up to any real level of scrutiny. No, Do you know what I mean? They're, they're sing-alongs for 14-year-olds. They're, they're, not, they're not songs for fucking jaded 50-year-old men to sit. Well, not that either of us are 50 yet. Yes, please. Uh, men in their 40s. Thank you. Late 40s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. In my case, mid to late yeah, 40s. Shut your face. Go fuck yourself. But look, mm. if we sit and tear them apart, we're probably the pricks. No, in, in, that's what I'm saying. If we just... 
you know, put a little asterisk beside all the lyrics and go, we know these are terrible. They're just bland filler. Yeah. And that's fine. And this is filler. Right. Yeah. Um, I, anyway. I, I watched the video for this as well. Um, oh, yeah. And this has, it's got all of them in like this sepia jazz cafe. Mm-hmm. And they've got like waistcoats on and nice white shirts. Oh, that's that's what you'd wear, yeah. Of course. Um, um, they're all pretending to play instruments as well. well Gary Barlow's at the piano yeah. actually playing and he's probably watching Mark Owen on the, like, fumble a double bass going yeah. fucking prick you don't yeah. have a clue yeah, yeah. Um, and they're all they look so young like yeah. ridiculously young but from the off this is the first video I watched because it's the first one on the album mm-hmm. and Gary Barlow just looks like he doesn't really fit in He's yeah. he's a bit of a Barlow. He mm-hmm. he's, he's, <laughs> he set the ball out. <laughs> he, he, there's got these four lads, uh, and they are they've obviously been picked for their looks, or mm-hmm. you know, or swagger and this sort of stuff. And he's there playing the piano, actually playing the piano, yeah. and going, "I wrote this." Hello, everyone, look at me. I wrote this song. Yeah. Don't look at these people. Don't look at Robbie singing. And he's just it's like, "Oh man!" I'd it. imagine this is much how you feel in the podcast because you do all the producing. It's like. <laughs> And you know, you it, and all the feedback is like, well, isn't Dave brilliant? Yeah. Uh, doesn't Dave sound like he uh, did Ebenezer Goods? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't fucking mention you, did they? No, I certainly yeah. didn't. Oh. Yeah, you wait. Fucking, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll review the cause at some point. Oh, yeah, it'll be Ash. He's like, oh, doesn't Christopher sound like a fuck yourself, mate? Yeah, no, yeah. I do not. Oh, you got in there early. Control yeah. the narrative. Uh, yep. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, okay. dis- disappointing, inauspicious start, I, I would say, say. I would say the exact same. I think they should have uh, thought that better and tracked it better. And I a different agree. Song, number one. So, track number two, though, another single. This one's Prey. Okay, we've got an up-tempo start. Yeah. Drums are a little bit further in the mix this yeah, time around. Yeah, it's got a bit more swing to it. It's weird noises. Willow, willow, willow. But yeah, this has got a bit more oomph to it. Yeah. This was the second single and uh, got to number one. Yeah. And here we are. We're in safer hands now. It's, it's, it's Barlow's it's, it's vocal. Gary, yeah. Slow and understated here. I like the way that it started in a major key and this has gone into the minor mm-hmm. for the verse so that it can go back into a major yeah. for a chorus. That's a nice little dynamic. And it gives it that little kind of, oh, it's like, oh, minor keys make me feel sad. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. I hope everything's going to be okay. Yeah. This, this song knows very much what oh, it's doing. Bridging, bridging, bridging. Yeah. A little bit of backing vocals. Yeah, nice little dynamic on this. And here comes the money maker. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a, a much bigger chorus for me than the first one. Yeah, that's a massive chorus. You can't fuck with this chorus. Yeah. yeah this is actually catchy for me. I, this is one I would yeah. have remembered. Yeah, it's great, man. It's, yeah, look. It's nice. It, there's just nice dynamics that play throughout the entire song. It, you know, you got this kind of kind of basic bitch break beat, but they're playing around it. It's slinky. I mean, that uh, that beat is from Soul to Soul. That's the Back to Life. Yeah, yeah. That little kind of high exactly. bell part. Is, <laughs> I was like, I know that. I looked it up. That's Back yeah. to Life. As I say, it's a great. Beat, you know. If you were in 1993 and you're sampling Soul to Soul, I stand by the fact I get to call you a basic bitch. I was saying, oh, everyone was. Doing no, I'm it. not. I'm not saying it's a bad break. No, but everyone did yeah. it. It was. It was the standard break at the time. Yeah. Mm. Amen to that. Hey, a little bit of breakbeat humor. Look at this. this one for the <laughs> diggers. Uh. Um, the diggers. Thank you. Yes. Um, I think we should. We, so what I will say is this song for me much better much much stronger this is uh, a great song uh, it do- this is the first one we've seen that Barlow is singing the lead on mm-hmm. 
and he is also struggling to hit some of these notes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. He, he's not got a strong voice. This is a weak voice he has, and he does his best with it. Yeah. But it's not, you know, we've seen much less talented people in our, our journey with much better voices. This is the interesting thing, actually, yeah. He's, he's obviously got um, a very good ear for music. And yeah. Vision it out very well. He under, you know, obviously understands the scale, knows where he wants it to be, but at times, and you know, I don't know whether this this bears out in later stuff or whether it's just like young in his career. Mm. But yeah, at times he's writing, he's writing himself into things that he can't deliver. Honestly, yeah, it's a weird one because and why would, would you do that? Well, it'd be less of a problem today because they just auto tune the fuck out. Oh, of well, it. very true. Yeah, pitch it up, pitch it but, down. I mean, uh, you know, if you look at Gary Barlow at this point as well, okay, I watched the video for this, uh, and this is one where they're all on a beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, they are kind of, some of them in the linen shit. And yeah, yeah. Gary Barlow's in a, a waistcoat with nothing underneath, oh. showing off a very, very no hair chest as well. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, this, you know, take that. Well, it's right, yeah, just <laughs> rip it off. That's what they say when they wax. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all that sort of stuff. Um, water cascading over someone, that sort yeah, of business. Yeah, like kind of, yeah, a lot of, a, a lot of kind of quite phallic. Uh, oh, there's oh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's let's make these boys wet. Yeah, let's yeah. let's 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 moisten these guys up. Precisely, and then precisely. Um, they'll return the favour. Well, precisely. Well, quite. Um, but again, Barlow looks very young, and he's got the really gelled hair in this mm-hmm. one, with a, the, where it's sort of curling over into the fringe at the front, uh, yeah. at that straight line. Across. Yeah, he, he's like literally one step away from the frosted tips, isn't uh, he? He honestly yeah. is. It's that sort of shit. But then you look at him today, and he is a man who has grown into his face. Yeah, you know, for sure. He, he looks much better today. Maybe he has also grown into his voice. Maybe it's one of those things that mm-hmm. at that point, you try shit and it doesn't quite work. And maybe it's it's these days he's like I wouldn't have done that. I don't yeah, know. I mean of course, but I mean you know, but it's he's a malleable young kid in this situation yeah. with with a talent, and he's being directed by people that can make him famous. Oh, totally. And you know, and they did. They so uh, you did. know, in, in these yeah. situ- you know, in this situation, you look at this band. And a set of marketeers knew very much what they were doing with this band. Oh, mate, the record company have you know that template set out. Like, they will go for this, and then we'll have one of the boys who would appeal to this sector, one of them who will appeal to the slightly rebellious ones. He'll get dreadlocks. It was perfectly marketed. But the whole thing is, if it was that easy, you would produce a million of them. Of course. And the thing is. You know, it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In every generation, there can only be one. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, and that, and that's what it is. It's like you, you put all that stuff together, but there is an alchemy that exists with it. You know, I, I don't want to do them down by saying, oh, you know, it's just market shit. And, you know, and it's not because there has to be something that people grab a hold of. You know, like Jenny, when she was a teenager, my wife, I mean, we wanted to get on this episode, but yeah. we just couldn't make it work. Um, she loved them. You know, right, they sure. were like, you know, they spoke to her as a teenager. There's just something about this group of people mm. and the way they spoke to prepubescent girls. Uh, yeah. That, you know. Who that, knows? And it doesn't always work. You're absolutely right. You know, boy bands come and go often, especially in the 90s. It was big. Oh, man, there was there uh, hundreds, hundreds of them. And yeah, some of them had one song that did okay. And then you never heard from them again because mm-hmm. it didn't have that, the, the je ne sais quoi, whatever it is. Mm-hmm about that um, but then you do look at stuff that, that hit like Boyzone and Westlife for me where it's five blokes with zero talent no one's writing songs on that they yeah. can't even fucking dance and mm-hmm. some of them are pretty ugly but they were massive and I don't know what that is uh, the only thing I've, 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 I've written I don't know why I wrote this um, in terms of the video where they were all 
like you say, moistened up. I've written that this will have caused more frothing than Diet Coke and Mentos. Oh, wow. That's so, uh, you, that you, went, you went there. Apparently so. Oh, well, yeah, right. I'm sure you were tired. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that's probably all I've got on that one. Track number three, Wasted My Time. Well, <laughs> okay. Is it? This is the first non-single mm-hmm. that we've come on here. I, I'm oh. interested to go, all right, let's see if there's a drop-off in quality. Yeah. A bit of a reggae feel. It does. It's the big ooh coming through there. Yep. I listen to those kind of... Like, this is so pedestrian. Like, there's that kind of swinging, kind of, uh-huh. like, easy listening, Liberace sound. Like... Oh, yeah, I think they're going for more of a beach sound, like a loco and Acapulco kind of thing. Yeah, but it's, it's just... What it sounds like is it sounds like this song was specifically written for Saturday Night ITV. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Like this is like oh, the, this is an, this is the Anton deck of pop songs. Right. Yeah, and exactly that fake horn keyboard sound. Yeah. yeah. Every time I did a, a listen through mm. this, I didn't remember this song. It's so forgettable. Oh to god, me. it's so forgettable. It's it. Yeah. There's a guitar solo in this. Oh, is it? I don't remember that. <laughs> See, <laughs> I don't remember. I, don't remember. I do. I've, I've got only remember because I got a note that there's a bit uh, where Robbie Williams comes in, does a bit of kind of chatting in the background, and that some saxophones barp, like go proper barp, 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 barp. But wait, let's, let's get the guitar solo. All right. I was also slightly disappointed that they didn't go full reggae on this because I think someone in the production team was like. We could go down that I road. think someone in this album has heard Nuke is on the block and went, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> maybe true. That's what I, I think. Yeah. We've, either got to, we've either got to go further or pull back a bit. Yeah. How do we go further? We can't. We can't. It's not possible. Unless we all black up. Oh, that, yeah, true. Listen. Oh, oh it's too, so clean. Look, I've put here, the guitar solo is like your mate's dad at school. <laughs> comes out, at a school event, he's wearing a hat, plays it, everyone's really impressed. Uh, he enjoys the attention, then he drinks too much old speckled hen and embarrasses himself dancing later in the Excellent. evening. Oh, I like this guy. Yeah, yeah. I want I want to hang out with him. Yeah. Now this is this is absolute nonsense, this one. Um fair enough, it is the first non single one that we've we've come across. I mean this isn't this is this could never this is very it. much a non single. Totally. This is this is so cabaret. Oh, like here, kind here, of, here we go. Oh no, listen here. to that. Bomb, bomb. Yeah, there you go. Is it Robbie Williams saying some shit? Yeah, this is this is this is a skit on like the Russ Abbott show or something, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. This is yeah Saturday night kind of uh, light entertainment. You know, you uh, know, a bit of a bit horrible. of variety. Horrible. No thanks. Yeah. Oh, definitely. No, uh, thank you, sir. Not at all. All right. So okay, uh, first three. I'm saying one and a half out of three on that. Yeah. Mm, well, where we were given the half to uh, half to. I, I was given half to everything changes. Yeah, okay, that's fair. We'll give it. All yeah. right. So all right. Let, let's and see what we've got next. Then track number four. This is another single. This is relight my fire. Right, and this was the big one that yeah. I remember from the time. And yeah, and and fucking rightly so as well. This is obviously this is a cover. This is a Dan Hartman cover. Yes, indeed. It's a disco um, tune. Yeah, I'm, you know, for for me, this is the this is. Uh, the superior version of the of the song. Oh, I, I would agree with that. I would uh, agree with that. I think this is an absolute banger. It's just got that beat and it's got the the pace of the, on the vocal. 
I'm like, I think if you can't feel this one and you like, and you, you know, say you like pop music, yeah. I, I don't know what to say to you, really. Oh, I don't like it. You don't like this? I don't like it. This annoys the piss out oh, of me. I fucking love this, man. Really? I see. see, no, see yeah. I, this, is, this to me is the, clearly the best track on the album. Oh, right. 70s oh, fireworks, roller stakes. Lulu stomps in with, you know, fucking with all the years in the background. She's got a big old voice. Like, she yeah, does yeah. well on this. I, I think this is a straight up banger, this one. It, I, everything you're saying is true. And I objectively go, yeah, this is a great pop tune because it's got all the bits. It's got a really catchy chorus. It's very disco. It's, you know, four to the floor, all that shit. It's possibly because of the hangover from uh, hearing it so much in 93. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I'm really very, fucking hated this. very surprised to hear you not like this. I hated this at the time so much. Yeah. So much with a fucking visceral passion that I don't think I've ever got away from it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, if, if there's one thing I know about you, it's your, your ability to move on. Um, <laughs> It's true. Uh, look, fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say I think you're flat out wrong on this one. Okay. And, you know, f- totally understand being coloured by uh, memories of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I am. Um, I, I think this is objectively a great song, oh, and for me, the most successful track on this record. I have written it's a pop banger, and I just don't like it. Yeah, well, there yeah. you go. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're all allowed those, yeah. uh, those glitz. But I'm also not a massive fan of. Uh, this disco sound in 90s pop I like a lot of disco actual disco stuff I don't really like this sort of cleaned up I I agree with you wholeheartedly but this is this is this is it distilled perfectly this is this is where it works okay you know every you know I, I, I don't like it because it's it's so easy to do badly I think this is it done well right yeah fair absolutely fair um and it it is a catchy song I give it that, and this uh, one, and then right, Lulu coming in. Here we go. Yeah, come on. I do wonder if um, this is great. Lulu's record company must have thought, "Oh, brilliant! She's back. We can, we can, we can fucking pump out some cheesy pop, disco tinged, I'm sure, singles. We'll make some money." Yeah, her next single's got to like 44, 47. Yeah, yeah. nothing else. Uh, but like no, not for me. I don't like it. Do not like it. Weirdly, yeah, really, really like this one. Really Fine. like this one. Fine. That was the third single, and that was also number one, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it was everywhere. It was mm-hmm. ju- and I, I remember again in those kind of studenty clubs that sort of whoosh as it comes in the the crescendo, mm-hmm. the whoosh. as soon as I heard that, I might. It's like, oh, this fucking song. Again. See, the thing is, I kind of remember dancing to this oh, around that time as well. See, I, I, I don't think I ever really hated this song. I think I always okay. quite liked this one. All right. Fair dues. And people call me the grumpy one on this I podcast. Know. I know. Imagine. The grumpy. Don't know why that could be. All right. Well, look, that's well, kind of a third of the way through the album. So we shall take a break and look at the top 10 on albums. This week, we are looking at the week of October the 17th to 23rd, because this was our only number one for one week. Um, mm. Meatloaf went back to number one for like three weeks after this as well. But yeah, we got one week, we're looking at the top ten, and then I've done sort of three weeks of other stuff that was released. Sure. Because we've only got one more album to come in this uh, year, and then Meatloaf goes back to number one again. So we've got a lot of kind of other things that were going on. Uh, top ten, though, Prince the Hits 2 at number ten. So we've seen that before. Yeah. Uh, number nine is Belinda Carlisle with Real, which is, I've got marked as a new entry. I mean, that's... Uh, God and God knows what she's doing in... Well, at that point, I'm trying to think, was that when she did Lay Down Your Arms? 
as a new single. I think well, I see, I'm trying to think because the, the, obviously there was the Heaven is a Place on Earth, which is what, around 1988? 88, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. And then we had the next album, which was the Circle in the Sand album, right? Oh, possibly, yeah. I mean, I think I've got that on now 12, so that's maybe 89, 90. Oh, so maybe that's on the same record. Oh, it might be. I don't know. But um, I don't remember uh, new stuff coming out in general, no. but I do know that she had that Lay Down Your Arms track. Um, which I quite enjoyed at the time, and that might have been in 93. And the thing is as well, you know, that's the kind of act where um, she's not the big pop sensation, but she's got enough legacy fan base from having those hits in the 80s and also the Go-Go's uh-huh. that that's going to probably sell her into the charts, and oh, we may sure. not necessarily be aware of it. No, I bet you it was bigger in uh, the States. Quite possibly. Yeah. Uh, but that's number nine, anyway. Uh, number eight is the Pet Shop Boys with Very which was the last one that we looked at. Yeah. Uh, and thank you to everyone who got in contact, by the way, saying about that. We, we, I think I'd say most people were on the same page as us, but we mm. did have some people who were like, nah, this is a great album. Yeah, yeah, fair fucks to you, man. Yeah. It's always better to enjoy something than not. Absolutely. One of my catchphrases. Absolutely. Uh, number seven is The Best of Go West. So, yeah. All right. That, okay. that happened. I don't remember that being um, a thing in 93. Did you miss it? Maybe you closed your eyes. Oh, that'll be it. Thanks. Yeah. Lovely. Number six, M People, Elegant Slumming. Uh, I mean, fair fucking play to mm. your, your man oh, from Mike M. Pickering. Your, your yeah. man from uh, M People for having a pop at Liz Truss. Yeah. Um, but also, you are as bad as the Tories. <laughs> You've done as much damage to this country. Exactly. <laughs> Just by releasing elegant slumming. Exactly, man. You know, you you did it. You took the money. Yeah. You're fucking in bed, man. You're you're one of them. I don't mean it. Moving on up to the world. I don't mean it, but fucking hate them people. Yeah. Uh, Number five is a new entry. Uh, The Lemonheads, Come On and Feel the Lemonheads, which we have talked kind of briefly Mm -hmm. about because we've seen some singles. And I think uh, I saw that Evan Dando has just been on tour doing, uh, maybe it's A Shame About Ray tour. Right, yeah, I, someone, still, still I, I, I thought someone said that they had a ticket for the. I thought I saw someone saying they had a ticket for the Lemonheads online the other day. So maybe oh, the right. Lemonheads are together again. Oh, maybe so. It could well be. I couldn't give I'm a shit sure. one way or the other, if I'm honest. Uh, number four is Crowded House with Together Alone, which mm-hmm. again is a new entry at that point. It's not like a, a best of a reissue. So this is the follow-up to Woodface then? Uh, very possibly, I guess so. And maybe, is it Pineapple Head time, that sort of era? Or Nails in My Feet, that sort of era? I, don't, I was very briefly interested in Crowded House. Uh-huh. Uh, because my mate James had their record, and I and I liked uh-huh. Weather with You. That's a great song. That's a fucking great really song. Really good right? song. Uh, and then again, it's it's just one of those things that was just so utterly uninteresting compared to Alice in Chains. Oh, I or see. Rage okay. Against the Machine or any of the other. Stuff oh yeah, that was no, it fell time. by the wayside. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for bands who've got a brilliant best of greatest hits. Mm. They're one of the best. Crowded House songs are fucking fantastic. There's something, Nails on My Feet, I think, is amazing. But even those Midnight's Locked Out and Pineapple Head, I think those are really good songs. Uh, do you know what? I'd, I'd possibly know them if I heard them. Oh, but you I'd, would. Because yeah. they were everywhere. They were huge. But yeah, uh, they're good. Number three is Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell 2, mm-hmm. Back Into Hell, which, as I said, goes back up to number one after this one. And number two is a new entry, and we nearly had to do this. Um, I'll, just, I'll just play a wee bit of this under it, see when you get it. Um... This is one that I bought at least week of release anyway, because I was like, oh, I have to have this, and then was a bit disappointed with it. Turned up my earphones a little bit. It, it, it's deliberately low because it crashes oh, in. Okay. I know that. I know that drum sound. Oh, yeah, it sounds like a fucking helmet. All right, here we go. 
uh, follow-up to a massive debut album, and in my eyes, I suspect. Oh, it's um, d- oh, it's fucking his, uh, Pearl Jam's yeah, versus, yeah, yeah, yeah of course it's, 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 it's Animal. Yeah. Uh, go, go, yeah. I, I, do you know? I never really. I, I've heard Animal the album a few, so versus the fucking album a few times. Yeah. Because it it didn't grab me in the same way that Ten did. Yeah. They they stopped being one of those first day bands for me. Well, yeah, I think they deliberately moved away. They deliberately fucked with their sound. Yeah, to and get that, away from that uh, cachet they had. And I don't know. Every, the funny thing is, every time I revisit a Pearl Jam album, mm. I kind I I find stuff in them. You get to it like, a bit more, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I do not know most of the albums in there catalogue that they've released since 10 well i certainly know nothing anywhere near as well as i know 10 of course but you know i've had a yield um i had a, mm-hmm. a, a, a quite enjoy yield some really good stuff on yield um and one of the more recent ones like vitalogy fucking, no i never yeah. really liked vitalogy yeah. but yeah no codes good album um and one of the most recent ones is named i've just completely forgotten right. i really enjoyed as well so I, I think that they have got you know two or three really good songs on all of those albums mm. but i think as albums there's quite a lot of stodge maybe i mean there's a lot of there's, there's people that will violently disagree oh with absolutely you. i know, you know for a fact and I, I know that you know when they you know when they were doing those big shows and they were just digging into the back catalogue and and there was just you oh, know I was looking at those set lists and it's like yeah. oh, there's loads of songs here i don't know and people were going i fucking can't believe they've played this live it's one of my favorites yeah. and i'm like you know you know oh, happy a, days. As, as a tool fan and as those two tool shows i was just like yeah this is i, I, I get this and maybe i should dig a little bit deeper and ju- ah, jump absolutely back in. absolutely uh, fair play to them for for not just doing 10 mm. mark 2 yeah 12 i guess 12 uh <laughs> they didn't do it 20 they 20 maybe why not uh it just it, versus didn't do it for me i was very keen to like it and because it was so different i kind of very quickly went all right fine there are yeah. there are people that will tell you that that's a better album than 10. Oh, there absolutely are. Yeah. yeah. So that's some people, that's their favourite Pearl Jam album. But then there are also people that will tell you that they've got puppies in their car. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, yeah. there were no puppies in that car. <laughs> yeah, you learn after five or six times, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, okay, so that's your top 10. There's a load of albums I'm going to quickly go through. Um, some more to say about than others, shall okay. we say. Um, but others released in the period of October 17th to November 13th. Mm-hmm. So almost four weeks, actually, of uh, 1993. Sepultura released Chaos AD, uh, which got to number 11. Which is probably my favourite Sepultura. I for me too. It's the first one I really heard of there, so it's got that place for me too. Mm-hmm. It's fucking banging. Oh, it's, 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 it's phenomenal. I mean, there's some nonsense on that record. Of course there is. Biotech. He's Godzilla. Biotech. Yeah, carry on. Uh, Saber's Paradise released Saber Sonic and got to number 29, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a a good album. I think, again, it's a bit too dubby in places for me. Sure. But that's what they do, and they did it very well. People loved it. Um, Tindersticks released their self titled debut, only got to number 56. And I remember them getting loads of press. uh, Huge in the NBA now. Where are they from? Tindersticks, London, somewhere. Okay. Um, And they were kind of this. Almost Nick Cave gothy sort of yeah. thing, but with a bit more suede thrown in. It was that sort of era, and I never got into it. I couldn't couldn't find a, a hook for me. Again, one of those bands I I, I saw re- written about loads. Yeah. You know, because I, I dip into the enemy here and there. That yeah, was yeah. you know that wasn't my source of information. I was more of a kind of a Kerrang person mm-hmm. for my sins. Um, 
but yeah, it was a band. I was like, oh yeah, I've heard of them. I saw them on festival lineups. Never really invested. Exactly. And they were all playing every single Camden venue in the world. That yeah. sort of shit. And people were loving it because he wore a suit and didn't just write uh, sort of silly lyrics. It was a bit more poetry or some shit. Well, Fine, whatever. I, I think you need to hear about a little band called Menswear. <laughs> Oh, menswear. Only the band they could have been. Okay. Um, Rush released Counterparts, got the number 14. Don't remember that at all, because why would I ever listen mm. to a Rush album? Well, um, I mean, we're going to get complaints about that. We certainly are. We? But, you know, I went to a Rush concert once. I paid £85, I think, for a ticket in, mm. like, 1999 or yeah. something. One of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. Awful. Well, it's not for you, is it's it? It's really not for I mean, me. I'm not, to, to be honest with you, I mean, I was in a band with three massive Rush fans. True, yeah. I never really, you know, as much as I love prog rock and as much as like they probably should be one of my favourite bands, I've mm. never really got into Rush. No. Uh, they're not, they're just not, I don't no. know, I've just, I've just never really clicked with them. There's probably people listening to this that will stand me for it, but eh, it's just not whatever. really. Whatever. You know, th there's only so much music you can consume and I've consumed quite a bit. Yeah, too much, some might say. Some would say. Uh, PJ Harvey released four track demos, got the number 19, mm -hmm. uh, which was kind of an in-between thing for, sure. for that band. Uh, Transglobal Underground released Dream of a Hundred Nations. Did they? Yeah. Do you remember Transcode I, I do. I, I remember because I did a split EP with uh, an underground metal band called Grotus. Oh, did they? They certainly did. Wow. Mike Patton. <laughs> and I only knew about Grotus because Mike Patton used to wear a Grotus t-shirt oh, on I stage. See. Fucking hell. Yeah, I remember the single Templehead. It was like, it was a, it's still a good song, mm. uh, but it was like, oh, this is cool new dance stuff. Maybe this band is going to be really interesting. Mm. Nah. nah. Uh, here's one for you, though. Got to number 67, so only just making like the top 75. Carcass with Heartwork. Oh, what a record that is. Yeah, I know that's one of your What a record ones. that is. I mean, yeah. look, fucking, the, the, the title track on that is just uh, a blueprint in melodic death metal. Right. It's, it, it's perfect. Yes, yeah. it's, it's it's one of my favourite metal songs. Carcass, medical students, uh, massive musos, yeah. super super technical stuff. Loads of really gross out imagery. Yeah. I mean, they, they they did an album with scratch and sniff corpses. Brilliant, brilliant. Right? Well done. Loads, you know, like albums called things like uh, discounting the insalubrious. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, the thinking man's cannibal corpse. <laughs> That's what we needed. That's what we needed, but yeah. I, I love it. I love, I love the fact that they were all fucking bods and they were all f just insanely good musicians. And this stuff was all just so beautifully put together, man. Yeah. I, I, I saw them a few years ago at the Cannon Underground. And it was just such a fucking great show. Underground, man. fuck me. They're such a good live band. Wow. Uh, In excess released Full Moon Dirty Hearts. Only got to number three. Yeah, don't remember that one. One bit. I don't remember that at all. I'm no. quite glad we don't have to review it after the last one. Exactly. Well, that's the thing, because I didn't really remember the last one, and we had to do that as a number one. And it was this, not good. Nah, so this is presumably even worse. Mm. But I bet you there's at least one good single on it. Be, oh, sure. Um, I wonder what the singles on it are. I'm going to Google the singles. Full Moon, Dirty Hearts, look that up. Uh, in terms of other bands that we've had to do, or other acts that we've had to do in the past, and thankfully don't have to do again, Right Said Fred released Sex and Travel. Got to, only got to number 35. Well, you, you know what the, the, the root of that joke is, don't you? What, sex and travel? Instantly reminded my dad. It's one of the things he used to say to me. I was, right. He used to say, do you like sex and travel? And I'd be, yes. Well, fuck off then. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that joke is. Oh, I see. Right. Go. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Do you like sex and travel? Well, well fuck, fuck off. off. Do you like right said Fred? <laughs> well, well, fuck off. off. <laughs> That's definitely more up my street, Alan. Right, okay. Um, oh, yeah, so in excess, what were they doing? 
Uh, I don't know any of these songs. Days of Rust, The Gift, Make Your Peace, Time, I'm Only Looking, Please, You Got That, Full Moon, Dirty Hearts, Freedom Deep, Kill the Pain, Cut Your Roses Down, The Messenger. Not one. Viking juice. Not Viking juice. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little aside as well. Um, It it turns out that uh, Circle and Sam was on the um, Heaven is a Place on Earth album. Oh, okay. Right. Nice one. Lovely. Uh, Chris Rea released Espresso Logic, which got to number eight. Okay, uh, you know, again, that's just two words he's put together. It really is. I'm almost certain that the place that he enjoys an espresso most is from a motorway service <laughs> station to help him keep awake on a late night drive. Absolutely. Uh, Tad released Inhaler. Oh uh, yeah, of course uh, I did. Yeah, uh, that was in that time. Um, they were one of the ones that, they were an also ran for me um, because I talked about loads and all the people that I liked mm-hmm. were referencing Tad. Yeah, yeah. Touring I, with, they, they toured Europe with yeah. uh, Nirvana. All over the Yeah, the my mate Grant had a, had that album. I think mm-hmm. he had a t-shirt as well. Oh, well he would have done um, I but don't really remember him. I don't either. And I, it's probably something to do with the fact that I couldn't get their albums as easily as uh, right. the rest of the stuff. And it fell by the wayside. Yeah, I, I, I must have heard that album a lot of times. And, and I guess it's one of those things, if I put it on now, I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, this I remember one. this. But yeah. I yeah, I never really personally engaged with no. it. No. Uh, Easy E, it's on, brackets, Dr. Dre, 187. Seven, um, two. motherfucker. Do you know what? I was listening to that about, about a week ago. What, on purpose? Yeah. Because I, 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 wow. I, I went, oh, I'm going to go and listen to how, how... It's a really bad record. Yes, it is. Um, do you know, interestingly, though, when you go on Easy Spotify, it's the main track off that, Real Motherfucking G's, yeah. that's the most listened to Easy E song. Is, I mean, is there some stuff that isn't available? Is that why? No. All of, all, all of Easy Does It's on there. Oh, and, right. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, was it on a soundtrack or something? I think it's because it, real motherfucking G's. It basically is a parody of the uh, "Ain't Nothing But a G" thing. Okay, uh, lick. Well, it's like his response, and it's his direct response to it. So I guess it's, uh. which is sad actually, because I, you know, Easy in my mind shouldn't be thought of as a side product of Dr. Dre. No, because you know, for me, like, and history rewrites itself here. But to me, when I was listening to when I was listening to NWA in like 1989, 1990, yep. it was Easy E that I was most interested in hearing. He was my favorite. He was bit. my fucking favorite by a yeah, long way. And brilliant. yeah, he was a kind of he was the cartoon gangster. He was the comedy, but he was also when you look back, and he was also the only one in NWA that actually really was a bit of a street hustler. He was living. He was life. the guy. He was a nasty little shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like if you, and that's basically what the fucking song is. Real motherfucking G's is him basically going, you're just fucking studio I gangsters. See, right. And there's some really nice little digs about uh, about them getting there, about them just having to listen to everything that Suge Knight has to say. Oh, right. like, <laughs> uh, yeah, basically like yeah, you will fucking do what you're told, don't you? Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I'm, I'm still surprised it's the, the most listened to of his, though. Because yeah, he's got much better songs. It's really not a very good song. And, you know, I mean, I, the reason I was listening to it, funnily enough, is because I was like, I was just randomly, I was like, got some lyrics in, just stuck in my head. And I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to Boys in the Hood. Oh, yeah. And listen Because there's two good versions of Boys in the Hood. There's a remix, which is on uh, which is on Easy Does It. And then there's the oh, original right. version, oh, which yeah. is on NWA and the yeah, Posse. Sure. Beep, boom, pff, beep, boom, pff, beep, boom, pff, that beach. Woke up quick at about noon, just thought that I had to be in Compton soon. Remember that? 
Now gotta get drunk before the day begins Before my mother starts bitching about my friends About to go when damn near went blind Young boys on the street throwing up gang signs that's Boys in the Hood. I mean, I remember the, yeah. the overall song. I do not remember the lyrics. I fucking one know. Bit. I know every. I reckon I know probably every lyric on that Easy E album. I listen to yeah. it so much, man. Right. I listen to it so fucking much. Anyway. All right. Well, that, not a good record, though. Like, yeah, he was. Well, unfortunately, musically, one, one musically, uh, what he should have done when he left NWA is attached himself to a Puff Daddy or someone like that oh, I found see. another producer pro- but yeah. I think he just went oh well I can fucking do this shit and yeah. he couldn't certainly not uh, okay well after that I've got Crash Test Dummies with God Shuffled His Feet which is a- <sighs> never heard it in my life oh I have heard the whole oh, album okay. yeah oh, I got right. stuck in a car trip with someone that made me listen to it it's fucking awful I, was, I see I don't know anything about the band apart from Mm-mm-mm and that other one the other single, whatever it was. And I know some people say that they are genuinely brilliant. And well, those people are all but incorrect. I've never heard anything no, else. It's fucking dog shit. All right. Turgid. Weird voice as well. Yeah. Um, Bikini Kill uh, released Pussy Whipped, their debut, mm-hmm. uh, which passed me by at the time. I passed bit. me by. I, I kind of, I, I've, I, there are Bikini Kill songs that I like. Uh, I've never listened to a whole album. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the Catherine Hanna documentary though. Oh, I've not seen that. That's good. Yep. Uh, if it's still on Netflix, give it a watch. I will do that. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal released Shaq Diesel, his debut album. Yeah, I mean, that stuff. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. Did I, you? Oh, I, mate. Because obviously he started off and he was doing stuff with like Fushnikins. Yes, wasn't he was. He? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I remember that. You know, it's, never looked anymore. As uh, Mad Skills once said, I've done NBA and NFL. I stopped that shit in '97 because that shit don't sell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fucking what a track Ghostwriter is by Mad oh, Skills. Incredible. Um, Absolutely brilliant. But yeah, no, it was awful. It's I mean, right. I can't remember any of it, but I remember hearing it and being like, oh wow, this is really, really but fucking bad. You are pissing on a legacy. Um, well, the last one I've got on here, and we uh, decide how long you want to spend on this because we might do some sort of a end of year mm-hmm. thing. Is the Wu Tang Clan with Enter the Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers? I'm gonna say not very much about this album. Right, we, we need we, we, to, probably, we need we need to do something with well, this album. Re- realistically, well, at, at the very least, uh, we'll probably do an end of '93 hip hop rundown. Yeah, and I would have thought that will be in. A top five for you, especially. The, the interesting thing is the year that it came out, it's not nailed on to be the, the my number one record of the year. Well, you put so much 93 stuff that you love. I fucking love it. This album's a fucking game changer for me, though. Okay. This this is uh, a, a near perfect record, and I'm not going to say much about it. If yeah. you if you don't know Enter the Wu-Tang by, Enter the, by the Wu-Tang Clan, just go, go and listen to it because your life will be better if you do. There That's you go. all I've got to say. That's all the albums I've got. So let's go back into Take That. So track five we're at, and it's another single. Mm-hmm. It was the sixth and final single in July of 94, and it only got to number three, so it broke the run of number ones. Okay. Uh, but it's Love Ain't Here Anymore. Okay, so this is what I think we can call the inevitable ballad. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the first one we've heard, but it was always going to happen. I'd, I'd forgotten that this one existed. I'd, oh, right. But as soon as you heard it, you were like, oh, yeah, this one. Yeah. Surely, yeah. Yeah, because this, again, this was everywhere. Um, it, yeah, this was made, presumably, for that last song at the school disco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've literally got classic school disco slow dance written oh, here. Yeah. 
uh, you know, basically loads of girls got fingered to this or shortly after it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, look, it's, it's a... Not hitting those notes. No, he's just got that kind of weird... It, this is a dime a dozen kind of ballad track, isn't it? You've heard oh, this song a million times before. Oh, it's cliche central. It's absolutely cliche. But it hits all the right cliche notes it does. for me, that's the thing. And, and I think it's got a decent earworm chorus. Yeah, One, yeah. You know, love made here. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, They've you know, been listening to fucking Boys to Men or whatever. They're picking up some... Uh, and yeah. also this little... This kind of break away to go back in as well. Yeah. This, this works for me. I, yeah. I think this is decent I think it's, it's exactly. I would never choose to listen to it no and if I never do again if I never hear it again yeah. not a problem and I would rather hear it sung by uh, a more vocally acrobatic group there, this is the thing right there are bits on here I mean I've already said he struggled to hit some of these high notes that he's going for that well, that didn't get there mate there's an absolute note mangler of a key change at this at 250 have you heard oh, it? I mean, I, I've noted that key change. But I've also gone, there's a bit of 227 where he goes in and out of falsetto that doesn't work for me. Though. So let's, let's skip to that yeah. first. Let's see if I can find that. All right, hold on. All right, coming in here. Oh, dear. Don't do that. You can't oh, do that. No, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he's got that. And then, okay, so key change. I mean, the key change is coming up. Let's leave, leave it going underneath us here. But, I mean... Just li- oh, that's bad. Hang on. What's that? No. What's that? <laughs> that is again. That's something you can't do, Gary. No, no, you can just edit that out. Yeah. yeah that doesn't Jesus. have to be in. The- if you do that, you go. Have another one of them, please, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Another one, please, guys. Yeah. What did the outtake sound like? Fuck me. No, this is that would have that you get away with that live because everyone's singing along mm. with you and the girls are screaming and swaying along, wishing that you know Mark would kiss them and all this mm. sort of stuff. On an album, come on, man, that's bad. That's there forever. We're listening to that thirty years later, and and, and we've noticed it. Yeah, no, uh, thank you. Weird. That, For, forty second fade out. Oh, this is the forty second. This fade, is the forty second fade right. out. Oh right, yeah, nonsense. <laughs> Name of my sex tape. <laughs> Oh, lovely. I, I don't think that's a bad song at all. I think that's a very nice ballad. I think it's done mm-hmm. well. I think the production is perfectly good. Mm-hmm. Um, it fits the album, but it's just a little bit bland. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, I mean, it's yeah, it's very bland. Yeah. Um, okay, number right, six. Number six. If This Is a Love. So another non-single track. Okay, Keys. Uh-huh. Now, this, is, this is hidden right in the middle of the album for a yeah. non-single. Okay, and we're going... Breakbeat. Yep. Right up front. Yeah, absolutely. And hang on, we're going to go. Terrible scratch. Yeah, you are. Okay, so this one's like a bit more low slung and a bit groovier than the others. Yeah. The drum machine is far too high in a mix. Oh, I I, I like like the drums right up there. But. here we find out why Howard Donald didn't sing a lot of the songs. Yeah. Well, this is the only song, um, I think, apart from Relight My Fire, yeah. which is which doesn't have a Gary Barlow writing credit on it right. at all on this album, because this was written by Howard Donald and some bloke called Dave James, who I looked into and has done nothing else right. of note. This is, this is 
an attempt at a kind of cooler, more of the minute track, I think. Uh-huh. And I think if you put yourself in the, in the early 90s, that's what this is. It's preposterously dated now. It definitely is. You see, weirdly, I thought it sounded more like a late 80s tune to me. I didn't think it sounded particularly of the time. Because it basically, it reminds me of Curiosity Killed the Cat. Something like that, you know? Okay. Uh, I, I, I see where you're coming from, yeah. Um, I'm okay with this. I think this is actually pretty decent. Oh, no, I know. I don't like this. I much I, prefer I was, this to I, I've, changes. I, I've, the, the, the terrible, terrible falsetto that's being done there. And I, every time I heard this, I was just basically waiting for it to stop. Really? Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I think this I'm is okay. one of the worst ones on the record. Oh, wow. No, this is, this is probably... Um, where are we? There's 13. This, this would be top five, probably, for me on this. No. Not, not in agreement on you on that, right. one, that one, I'm afraid. No, I think this is decent R&B-influenced, because uh, it's got the big sort of hip-hop drum break thing. Um, I think, it, yeah, there's a bit more of a, a This feels like kind this. of... Mm, no, this just this feels quite try-hardy to me. Fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe also Hard Donald, He before he... Uh, joined the band he was like a DJ as well yeah. um, so maybe that's why there's like the scratching bits and yeah. he's, he's going for something Listen, a bit more. oh yeah but that's the whole way through this and album the that, that vocal is it's painful to hear it's not bad sound Listen, that yeah. no 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 it makes my balls resist I see I, you see I would have put this out as a single instead of everything changes oh no everything changes is much better than this I see. Right. Uh, well, there you go. No, no, no. I, I, I hate well. everything about that one. Oh, wow. Okay, so we're different on that. Fair mm-hmm. enough, fair enough. Uh, next one then, uh, track number seven. This one's called Whatever You Do To Me, and I've put in brackets, is technically statutory rape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 indeed. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I've put, I've put down, this is like Fisher-Price Motown. I've gone for a full Motown sign. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's just horribly jaunty more parping yeah. sacks the, the weird thing is there's there's little touches of like the communards and like fine young cannibals in this okay. and some of the vocal presentation uh-huh. so it, it's that kind of white boy soul but smoothed down to the point of blandness and kind of novelty Oh, sure, yeah, and I don't mind a little bit of pop white boy soul at all. No, we, we, at all. we enjoyed the the Simply Red album. Indeed, we did. The, you know, fucking so- wet, 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 have a couple of late 80s bangers. Hue and Cry, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And this is, yeah, you're right, it's going for that sort of feel mm-hmm. on it, I think, but there's no tune to this at all. No. This is... This, is- the, the, this feels like it was designed so they could like do some theatre on stage with it. Oh, maybe so. Almost. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lyric which just came past. It said, "Before you take away my dignity and pride, yeah, mate, we've seen the album cover. Yeah, come on, though, no. we've seen the album cover. Yeah, no thanks. This is like if like if the Blues Brothers was done at a particularly low rent Pontins. Oh, right, sure. I think this chorus is better than the verse by by quite a long shot. This is catchy, mm. but it's it's like it was written as a stage musical mm. of um, for for a high school. I mean, it's got enormous sax appeal. Uh, there is more sax, and there's also a bit. Oh, it's coming up where he goes full on falsetto, mm. and a big mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm think I don't think it's a good idea at all. But right, hold on, let's find this bit. Oh no, there is there is that lyric. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, this this is where I put down communards, 
Oh right, uh, yeah, no, sure, yeah. but yeah, Jimmy Somerville does. He can oh, do that. I mean, yeah, but that, that's that, that's within Jimmy's. That's, that's that's what he does. Actually, within his full range, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, no, this is not. This is taking the piss. This is bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, the idea is whatever you do to me. Uh, so the idea is is like karma will catch up with you at some point. If you're going to be, if you break my heart, someone's going to do that to you as mm-hmm. well. If you're a dick to someone, then someone's going to be a bit dick to you. Or it could be about pegging. I don't. It could be about that. It could be. Sure. It could definitely be yeah. about pegging. Yeah. But yeah, look. I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised when I'm looking at this. It's a 13 track album. Yeah. This is track seven. Oh, it, it's, it's a it's a classic bury it in the middle oh, filler it really track. Is. If someone said to me, "What do you reckon track seven's like?" I go, "I bet it's bit, a bit of nothing." Yeah. But there is like here's here's the saxophone bit coming up because I I do love a bit of ridiculous sax. Oh man, that's, that, that's stupid as hell. I love it. Yeah, no, great. Put overall, overall <laughs> nonsense. But yeah, th- yeah, that that five seconds. Yeah, I'll give it that. Yeah, I enjoy that five seconds as well. Yeah, let, let, let's loop it and make a whole song from it. <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, right, track eight. Okay. Meaning of love. All right, it's another heavily oh, disco-inspired plodder. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the chart dance, just it is the the safety of the that early '90s drum machine that takes no effort. To, mm-hmm. You just you hit a, a button and this is what it produces. Mm-hmm. It takes no effort to listen to it because it's so fucking weak. Well, it does take an effort. Oh, it to does. Listen to it. It take yeah, an to I mean, I've just put non-event. No. The, the thing is, these songs live or die by. You know, even if they're non-events here, if they've got a big chorus, yeah, that can pull it out. Yeah, and oh, definitely. Chorus here is. Dallas dishwater. Yeah, this is this is pure filler. This is Botox. Yeah, if you took the vocals off this and it wasn't Gary Barlow, this could be a hundred different acts of I mean, the nineties. Th- this is you know this is a bed music for smooth FM. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. This is this is as as generic as it can be. It's so mm-hmm. so that people don't uh, notice it in the background. Mm-hmm. This is faceless wallpaper shit. You're not even trying, man. I've got, I've got nothing else to say about this. This is just dog shit. The only thing I, I noticed, and I don't know why it does this, because this is just nonsense, the meaning of what is the meaning of love? Um, the lyric, though, that we just passed is, I thought I knew the meaning of love. Now I am asking you why I thought I knew the meaning of love. Now, open wide. Pardon? Well, we're, we're, that's a little bit, uh, I don't know. We're, we're, what's, oh, what's, what were they opening? I don't know. Mm. But whatever it is, it was unexpected. Yeah, well, I mean, much like Gary Barlow's tax return. <laughs> yes, indeed. Right, okay. All right, well, that's the second third of the album. I mean, I've got to say... Disappointing. If the highlight of it is uh, well, Love Ain't Here anymore, anymore, Yeah. and for me, I know maybe not for you, but for me, that very much was the highlight of it. I, w- I was hoping for a little more, I think. I see. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that slumped in the middle there. Yeah. Even though I, I, I think that Love In Here Anymore is okay, and I think that Hard Donald one, Is This Love, I actually like that. You didn't, but I did not. it's not hitting any like peaks of the rest of the album here. Sure. Okay, okay. well, let's move on then, um, and let's do our singles. Singles of the week, October 17th to 23rd. Number 10, Dina Carroll, Don't Be a Stranger, which we have seen already. Mm-hmm. Number 9 is Had Away With Life, which we've done. Number eight, though, is a new entry. So okay. let's give this a go. Okay, that's, uh, yeah, um, 
I've, I've got this and I've listened to this so many times. It'll come to me in a second. Yep. Oh, it's uh, Prodigy. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, Prodigy. No, stop. No, yeah, yeah, no good. Stop dance. No. No, hang on, no. No, I think this was the first re- single released off that album. Oh, it's... um. Oh, what's it fucking called? First track is called... No. Dun, 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 dun. Bang in. Have it. Fucking tune, man. Fucking slam you. What is this fucking track called? It's really bugging me. Oh. What is this fucking track called? And One Love. One Love. Oh, that's it. There you are, man. Yes. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I ever knew this was a single. This was the first single, I think. Um, and I it's remember a strange choice of a first single. It really is, but I suspect they did it because it sounds more like the old Prodigy stuff and everything else they were putting uh, out sounded Yeah, because you've got this kind of... Yeah, this is still ravey, ravey, ravey. Yeah. As soon as they were into... Well, No Good is, is more of that, but as soon as they were then into the, the other big singles, it's like, well, this is harder, darker mm-hmm. sound. But this sounds more like um, experience stuff to yeah. me. I love this record, man. I, love, I think, I, yeah. Where where are you on terms of your favourite Prodigy album? Prodigy. Oh, well, it's easily Tilted Generation. Yeah, same. So, as uh, you know, without any uh, mm-hmm. having to think about it at all. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and I think it's going to be one of the ones we do in '94. I would have thought so. I suspect it was number one. Uh, okay, that was number eight. Number seven is this one, and. It's a bit generic, but see if you get it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Is it Snap? Nope. No, it's, you know, it, but it very but much could be. Exactly. Which Euro dance <laughs> shit <is> Exactly. <laughs> Which particular brand are we looking at here? Is it Dr. Auburn? No. no, it's not. I know, I know it's not. Um, I'll tell you what, because you'd never get the name. I'll tell you, it's called You, you, as in the letter U, Got To, number Mm -hmm. two, Let The Music. No, I don't think I've ever heard this, Uh, but I have heard it. Oh, you 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 know what I mean? Uh, Capella. This is one of the Capella tunes, number seven. No, fine. Uh, Number six, uh, hanging around from last week, is Shakademus and Pliers with She Don't Let Nobody. Mm -hmm. Still terrible. She Don't Let Nobody. Yep, number five, M People, moving on up, which I think we've discussed Mm -hmm. already. Uh, uh, With the focus on the word disgust. Well, there you are. Number four, Eternal Stay, which we have discussed as well. Mm -hmm. Um, All all the rest of the top ten. DJ Jazz Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Boom Shake the Room. Uh, number two, take that and Lulu with Relight My Fire. Mm-hmm. And then number one is Meatloaf's I Do Anything For Love. Yeah. So that's the, your top ten. There's a couple of uh, new ones at the bottom end, but that's it. But uh, let's look at four weeks worth of other shit, right? Yeah, man. So this one, I don't know if I would get this, but I suspect you will. Uh, got to number 14, this one. I mean, it sounds like Billy Idol, but it's... it's uh, what is it? one of your favourite artists. What is it? Prince. I don't fucking remember this This song. is uh, called Peach. And yeah. it's from one of those kind of hits B-sides albums. That yeah, I've, I've probably heard this. I've struck it from my mind. She's a peach. Yeah, no, I, I do. I remember it from the time, but... It doesn't, doesn't sound like Prince to me. 
I can, if, I'm, uh, if I'm straining to hear it, then yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you pick. Okay, yeah, that yeah. I, I don't remember right. that song. All right, uh, another one that came out, and this one I definitely would get. This was this was big at the time. I think it was in an ad as well. Oh, this is uh, Freak Power. Yes, it yeah, is. Ch- tune in, drop out, whatever. It's oh, that one. Yeah. Turn on, tune in, cop out. Yeah. Yes. Another of the Norman Cook yeah. various projects around that time. Uh, only got number 29. I, in my head, I was like, this is top 10. This was a number one. This was re-released. Oh, I must have been re-released This, the this year, was a number one single. Um, it was on a Levi's advert. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Like, this was the first release and then it hit mm-hmm. an ad. Right, fine. Uh, so Freak Power there anyway. Another one here. This one got to number 12. Bjork yes. um, with um, say oh what's it called um, ah, that's that one it um, is that one I mean that's quite a lot of hers but yes it's that one I know <laughs> it's, it's Bjork and someone it's, else it's David Arnold yeah there you go it's, it's called it's Stay oh you're al- so close Alone or, uh, it's not Stay it's Fadden? it's not Stay Say no it's not Say does rhyme with that though Play Games Play no Play Ah, oh, come. What's it called? Play, not play games. Play. What is it fucking called? What's it? Play. Play dead. Play dead. Fuck. There you life. go. There you go. Play dead. Yeah. 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 Indeed. I, I, that, I thought that was a great tune. You yeah. Know, yeah. This I don't, is I don't one of the one at all, Yeah. One one of those ones before I really took against Bjork for yeah. being just deliberately annoying. Yeah. Um. But I suspect a lot of that is because it's a David Arnold tune. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Luton boy as well, isn't he? He is David Arnold. Yeah, yeah, one of the uh, the ones that uh, you can actually talk about with pride. Did a lot of Bond. He did absolutely. Uh, okay, so that that was like, got number twelve. One I'm not going to play. Lisa Stansfield with "So Natural" got to number fifteen. Yeah. Fine. So this one got to number twenty-three. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. No, but uh, it, it's mugs. It is. It's a mugs production. Is it, oh, is it House of Pain? Yes. Oh, is oh, is it um when it's on a rocker funky jam? Oh no, I'm it's not. Man. That was later. That's like ninety four. That's not that's on point. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. Horror. Still gotta read the menorah. Yeah, there you go. Oh, huh? oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's putting your shit kickers. No. Oh, are you a lady? <laughs> <laughs> or Marsha Brady? Um, <laughs> This is, uh, is it, I can always see it coming back into your brain here. Knowing, knowing's in the knowing. Pleasure, I'm every woman's treasure. So let me do my job. Oh man! Oh, it's, um, How do you know all these lyrics? Thirty years down. Is it Shamrocks and Shenanigans? Yes, it there is. You go. There you go, mate. Shamrocks and Shenanigans. Yes, indeed. Yeah, off oh, fine malt lyrics. And I think this is. Um, I think I bought this twelve-inch. Mm-hmm. But only because it's got um, jump around, uh, jump around on the B side, yeah. and I didn't. Well, have yeah, it. I mean that's exactly what I'd have done if I was trying to sell the twelve. <laughs> well, exactly, it worked very well. Yeah. yeah, I imagine that's why they've got the number twenty-three. Mm-hmm. It's all right. It's yeah. fine. It's good fun. Uh, oh, no, they're all rubbish. Oh yeah, oh, they're they're cartoon nonsense. Yeah. But they're somewhere I just, like, just, I think on look, point. Is like the one you were saying. Yeah. I think that's fucking brilliant. Ever- Everlast never really. Just they, no, no, neither of them had a flow. They were always like do 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 do. Yeah. 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 Mind you, still a hundred miles better than 
anything he put out solo that uh, terrible guitar country stuff he did do you know there are some people that have really got a soft spot for a load of that whitey blue stuff you know oh that? sure but yeah, those people probably also like Uncle Cracker yeah. you must have heard the story but there, there was a weird thing when, when we used to go um, car boot sale vinyl shopping yeah. I'd stay around my friend Drew's house and I woke up and I went I had a really fucking weird dream last night and I had a dream there was a hip hop track in it that um, was had my Sharona sample in it yeah I literally got witnesses for this. I said that and then we went out record shopping and I found an Everlast 12-inch from when he was on Rhyme Syndicate that I'd never heard before. Oh, right, Tommy yeah. Boy Records yeah. called um, I've Got the Knack. And it, oh. and, and it it's a sh- terrible track, but it samples my Sharona. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, well, well. What a coincidence. There you go. I, mean, I suppose uh, I mean, it's tricky as well. Rum DMC is a, a maestro on the sample as well. So maybe that was your so dream you know was inspired by that. Do you know what? I fucking never realised that that was the case. I, but yeah, I, yeah, d- I've d- never d- thought d- about it. It's tricky to rock around. Dun, 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 dun. Of course it fucking is. Yeah. Mate, that is a revelation to me. I'd never, so, ever in my brain put all right, two but things it together. might have snuck in there subconsciously. Uh, maybe, there maybe. Uh, right. Wow. There you go. Uh, this one got to number 36, and I suspect you'll get this. Yep. Um, this is uh, 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 Bury Me Softly. Um, uh, bury Me Softly. Um, oh, I want to be. Alison Chains, obviously. Alison Chains, um, yes. And it's. Um, um, I want to be in Sony. Um, I'm just trying to what the fucking track's called. Well, the actual name of it is Down in a Hole. Down in a Hole. Yes, mate. There you go. Indeed, yes. Yeah, thir- well, we are at the 30-year anniversary of this record. Of dirt, yeah. The, the vinyl's just been reissued. I'll probably buy it. Has it? Oh, they got a vinyl out of it? Yes. Is it stupid money? I mean, I think it's a nice addition, but yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'll buy it probably. Fair play. I did, cool. get, uh, did get quicksand manic compression on vinyl when I was at the show in America. Oh, I lovely. Seen it. Oh, okay, yeah. right. Yeah, I'd be very happy, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and just in case Dave hasn't mentioned it in the intro, one of the reasons he was away for so long was he went to America, and one of the gigs he saw was, please, Dave? Uh, helmet, quicksand, well, so quicksand, helmet, and clutch. Fucking ridiculous. It was a fucking great gig. Imagine that it as a lineup. Yeah. That new clutch album is very good. Yeah, fair play. Uh, all right, so that's Alison Chains. Uh, that got to number 36. I'm not going to even play this because there's no point. Got to number 38, Wasp with Sunset and Babylon. I don't care. Nah, whatever. And got number 49, Spiritualized, with Electric Mainline. Mm-hmm. This one, though, you'll have heard this in indie clubs, and you'll have hated it, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Got number 22. I mean, if you're not getting it from that, maybe. I don't maybe you ever won't. remember hearing this before. Oh, okay. It's called This Garden. No. Who's it by? Man, I'm just trying to think. Will you get it from this? I'm instrumentation? sorry, I don't mind that. I think that's quite. I quite like that. I, mean, I think it's a good song, but I don't mind some of the other stuff as well. It was never this brand of indie that I particularly disliked. Oh, well, yeah, it's the levelers. Yeah. Yeah, there you are. I mean, that vocal I don't care for. Sure. I should. I mean, as soon as there was a didgeridoo, I should have said it was the levelers. <laughs> yeah, it's Just fucking added fire. that level of homelessness to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's a decent song. I really like the chorus on that, um, Levelers This Garden. Uh, not being a massive levelers fan at all, but I do like that one. Um, and actually, I recently, like last week, I found out, because I was listening to some other 90s podcast, 
What? I know. There's another one. Apparently. You were cheating on us. I was. And uh, I listened to it, and there was a guy with a Northern Irish accent on it. I was going, what the fuck? What? Hang on. Not having this. But it turns out, the guy with a Northern Irish accent, um, he's called Dan Donnelly, and he was in a band called Watertress, uh, who were uh, from Belfast, at the kind of the end of the 90s. And my mate from school, Bruce Reed, was in that band as well. So I knew Watertress. Uh, but this guy, Dan Donnelly, who's now presenting whatever podcast that was, he did a stint playing in the Wonder Stuff and is now a fully-fledged member of the Levelers. Wow. So, yeah, there's there's a link that I never knew I would have. I mean, D- Dan Donnelly is a, uh, I mean, it's a real tongue-twister of a name, isn't it? It's Dan a Donnelly. real kind of rhythmically... Donnelly. Dan Donnelly. Dan Donnelly. Dan Donnelly. Dan Donnelly. Well, do you want to come? Dan Donnelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. S- sounds like an affirmation. Yeah. So there you go. That's, that's my my uh, bit of news that I found out this week. Oh, there you go. Uh, here's a new one for you. Banger, this one. Uh, but do you remember which one this is? Yeah, this is... Um, um, it, obviously, it's, it's Aerosmith, it and Aerosmith. it's crazy. No, it's the other one. Oh, hang on, is it? Uh, Got to number 17, this one. Fallen? No. Now, what's it called? Um, Crazy and... Of a friend, friend of mine. mine. Oh, what? I'm just trying, trying to get to the fucking chorus in my brain. Yeah. I just can't get there. Gonna, can't gonna, get there. Here we go. Bam, bam, bam. Was there crying. Crying. Yep. Crying, indeed. Now I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really like these tunes, man. Oh, mate, this is a classic. Um, number 61, Honky, released the Honky Doodle Day EP. And I remember being quite interested in Honky when they came out. And then... Yeah. I mean, I, I, had a, I had a Honky 12-inch and it was rubbish. Right. I, I've got a couple. I think I still might have a couple. And one of them is dead good. I think it samples... Like uh, Ian Jury, and it's got a, a right. good little beat to it. But yeah, just, they're one yeah. of those things that I remember hearing saying and being, oh yeah, it sounds good. So I picked up a twelve inch because I saw it cheap, and I was sure. like, oh no, this wasn't the track to get. Oh yeah, no, they were really always bad. in the ninety nine P bin after. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, this one though, we've talked about the album. This is uh, yeah, this is uh, Faith No More and Beehive Tribe. Uh, just another body murder. Yes, it is another body murder. Sorry. From the uh, Judgment Night soundtrack, and uh, yeah, we, we've talked about this elsewhere. This is fucking stunning, absolutely brilliant. Um. I think, I think uh, listener of the, the, the podcast, Niall Bakewell, was like, you should do a special on that album. It's like, oh, no, we, we probably could. I, I, wish we, I wish we did. I know, but just... Uh, we, Hang we, on. Now I gotta murder the murder to get away. Your eyes got them peeled, now the fool gotta stay. And if they play, then they're paying with their life. There's a man trying to hold on to the knife. Yeah, yeah you, exactly. You, you almost turned Samoan there. It was just <laughs> frightening to see. Look, man, I've been on a holiday to America. <laughs> I ate a lot of hot dogs. Fuck you, cunt. Uh, the Breeders released Divine Hammer. It only got the number four, 59, but that is a great single. I don't remember it. The thing is, it never really got played in the clubs that you would have been going to because Cannonball was still getting played. Yeah. You know, it was one of those that just didn't... It passed by. I mean, Cannonball's still being played in the oh, clubs. Oh, totally, yeah. This one got to number 13, and I must admit, I never really liked this, and it was fucking massive, and everyone else liked it. Well, it could be nearly anything at this moment. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, you see, look, to me... I'm up. Oh, yeah, yeah. open up by a left field, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I love leftism. I think leftism is an almost perfect album. Oh, right, okay. Uh, and this is 
the track I probably like the least on this record. I see. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I, I don't get the whole thing about this. Uh, part of it, uh, part of my disdain for it was, I'm not a big fan of John Lydon in general. Mm-hmm. I think he's a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. But I remember whenever this came out and he's got that burn Hollywood burn refrain. Yeah. That he does, and all the, the papers were saying, oh, that's a brilliant, you know, such a good thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck Hollywood. And it's like, Public Enemy did this two years ago. Yeah, yeah, they have yeah, a yeah. song called Burn Hollywood Burn. Mm-hmm. This isn't him. This yeah. is him just fucking lifting something. So I, I must admit, I probably took against it for that reason as well. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I like that track enough. There's, um, there's a lot of remixes of it and a couple of the remixes oh, are sure. better. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, Leftism, fucking, I don't, I don't suppose we'll have to do that, will we? No. I love that record no, it's already so been, much. Is it really? Oh, no, maybe it's coming up, but no, yeah. it was never number one. That's a brilliant record. I'd probably, probably, I'd imagine they lean a little bit too much into the dub for you. It is, yeah. Yeah. yeah but exactly. I, yeah, I've, again, uh, I've got a big soft spot for that record. Of, yeah. If, if I ever got round to putting my favourite records into a proper list, it would be somewhere in wow. the top 20. Damn. Yeah, I love that record. Okay, fair enough. Almost play. perfect record. Shit. Okay. Uh, right, the last one though I've got, uh, and we've talked a little bit about this as well already, because we almost had to do the album. Uh, but yeah, you must recognise this from indie clubs and just um, general radio play since the day. Yeah, it's um, 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 yeah, yeah. I know what this song is. My brain is not really firing well today. Um, it's uh, she wears something or other. Or hang on, what's it called? No. Um, so pretty. Um, I know this fucking. I know. Oh, exactly. It was played all the time. Any other then. fucking day, I'll tell you exactly what this is. It's one of those bands that I don't listen to. It's like it's nope, it's, but, it's like the Wonder stuff or one of those bands, but it's not. No, the uh, stuff. It's, but it's one of those ones that you said whenever they played. Oh, is, is it? Hang on, is this James? Yes, it is. Oh, it's Jesse. I do like this song a yeah, lot, man. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. It's called Laid. Laid. So it's the title track off yeah. that album. Yeah, I, I, yeah I've, got no, I've got no problem Fucking with this song it. at all, Absolutely actually. I, I do like that song. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. Um, and yeah, we almost had to do the album, but we didn't. So there you go. Um, we did have a lovely email from one of the listeners from uh, Andres. I'm probably pronouncing that very wrong. Andres Provost. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Andreas. He sent us an email um, basically sorry saying. Sorry for mangling your name, dude. Uh, and also sorry for saying how much we didn't like Pet Shop Boys, which is why he emailed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's, he loves it. He's one of the ones that said he loved it. But he said, at least we can agree that James Laid is a fantastic album. Because yeah. we talked about that on the episode. And it is. It's just wonderful. Yeah, no, I do like that song, man. I, yeah. it's, it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. All right, well, look, that's all your singles. I think there's a, a load of big fucking singles in there. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, that's, that's big. End we're, of 93. We're in a good point. Of this is fertile. Right now, yeah, yeah, it really is. But with that said, let's finish off uh, Take That. <laughs> We're back in with track number nine, which is Why Can't I Wake Up With You? Now, this was the first single, wasn't it? Uh, this was. Yeah. Uh, it was released in February 93, and it only got to number two. So this is a slow jam with a, a swing beat inflection. Very much the swing, yeah, the, yeah. that hip-hop R&B swing beat behind it. It's much beefier production. Mm. Yeah. And this has actually got some proper hip-hop samples in it as mm-hmm. well. Um, there's a piano lick from The Bottle by Gil Scott Heron. Yeah. Um, the drum beat and the horn stab that is all the way through is from uh, MC Light Tune. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit of a James Brown Funky President drum beat mm-hmm. going through as well. It's just like it's got all those elements to it. Yeah, I mean, it, if you that bit, 
that's very much sensitivity by Ralph Trasman. Well. Okay, sure. I mean, five very white lads. Borrowing from New Jack Swing, these do not mm. seem like hip hoppers to me at all. No. Also, this also reminds me of is um, "Remember the Time" by Michael oh, Jackson. Oh shit! It really does. No, you said it. Yes, yeah. it does. Absolutely. Very much that feel to it. Yeah. As, yeah, this part is all quite low slung, inoffensive. And again, I would say the chorus here is a prime example of uh, the chorus elevating the track. Okay, yep. Because I, right. I think it's a good, well put together chorus. Uh, I think they deserve so, so many points mm. for resisting the temptation to put a rap in it. Oh, right. Because you oh, know he, that Robbie oh, was like, Robbie was begging for it, wasn't he? I'll do the rap. Oh, my Get God. lads, lads, I'll do the rap. <laughs> I'll put this hat on. I'll do the rap. Yeah, shit. Rude box. Do the rude box. Oh, mate. Why are you so nasty? Everyone else was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's Look, true. This isn't bad. I think it's just do- I think it's a good song. I like this. What I hear on this song, again, is very much like um, the other one where I'm like, I think there's a better version of this song that somebody else does oh i see okay uh, i think well that's quite interesting because this is this is a, mm. a new version of an old song of theirs right. they, they did a version of this on the first album mm-hmm. which is very very different okay and this is a much better version than that okay but you're absolutely right that there probably is a better version I, out there. I, yeah i mean i think this is you you give this to you know Boys to men, yeah. Boys to men, or yeah, you know, or, what, or just you know, or another level. What's this bit here? Oh no, that's not good. Don't do that. Gary. Oh, that's really bad. Yeah, that's gone wrong. Um, no, overall, I think this is this is well done. Um, I'll, I'll play a snippet of the original version just so you can see how fucking different it is. Because I, I would have. It's one of those ones that if you'd played me the original version. I wouldn't have spotted that there was a tune in there to, to do something with. Mm. That, you know, that's a skill in itself. Yeah, so this is this was a track on the first album, Take That and Party. This is Why Can't I Wake Up With You on that album. And yeah, for me, what, I don't even see anything in it that you go, with a remix, this could be all right. But yeah, someone spotted it. But then again, I wouldn't have spotted uh, if you'd played me the original Barry Manilow version of Could It Be Magic. I wouldn't have gone, stick a drumbeat behind that. Mm. That's a pop hit, and it was. So yeah, this I quite, is... I quite like this. Oh right, well the, this <laughs> is the original. Yeah, very very yeah, different. Yeah. There you go. No, right, I, so I I think the uh, the '93 version. I think that's a very good song. I really like. I, it. I, 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 yeah, I think it's decent enough. I'm right. not. I'm not. I'm not going to shit. I don't. I don't love it. It's better than everything of the, the of the last three tracks we listened to. Oh certainly. yeah, no. De- okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, we're now at track number ten. Ten. So you are the one, and this is another non-single, and it's at track ten. So instantly, I was like, "Can this be any good?" So we've got strings and keys, right? Yeah. And all I'm going to say to you: if your strings sound like Papa Don't Preach, then bring your fucking A game. Oh, okay. Right. And this ain't it. I think this is awful. This yeah. is the worst one so far for me. For me. Um, the, the, the only bit of this song that I don't mind is the bridge okay. um, yep. chorus overly busy very uninspired this bit is just fucking lame um, there's, like you said it's busy there's so much going on it's really pumped up and it's got some really terrible synth yeah. sounds over a too fast beat see this is, this is the only bit that I don't mind and it, and it goes rubbish 
Yeah. Oh, he's horrible. doing some weird, like, kind of suedo Pete Burns vocals in places. Well, as that, well. That, that, that phasing shit. Yeah, it, it's uh. got some pace, but it, it's boring and it's oh, it, it just doesn't know what it is. No, I think it's fucking dreadful. I would burn this off the album. Okay, see, th- it's interesting because this one doesn't offend me like some of the other ones do, but uh, but I'm just like, it's just, oh, it's just a mess. I see. All right, now this really, really rankled me. I thought it was awful. And it might be because it's, you know, oh, fucking hell, we're at track 10 and mm. we're still going and now I have to listen to this. It might be that, but yeah, I Yeah, because this isn't a long album, but it did drag a bit. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know why they decided they need to be 13 tracks. No, it's fucking been... 18 on the, re- on the, on the re-release. Yes, anyway, let's pointless. get rid of this. Yeah, fine. Uh, track 11 is called Another Crack in My Heart. And let's just say mm. this, what this is good for is the... Uh, if you guys have never played the game where you transport the word uh, heart for arse, yeah. this, is an, uh, this is an absolute game. No, exactly. I, I've got the very first line of mine. It's the perfect song for the, the love heart arse game. Basically, if a song title... Or band name or whatever has got the word love or heart in it. Put arse in instead and yeah. see what you can come up with. And we have had so many oh, hours around we've had campfires. Twenty years of twenty this years of, of having, and that tells if you ever wondered, oh, how puerile are these guys? Right? <laughs> For twenty years we yeah. have we just uh, go, have enjoyed the clips of the arse. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Fair play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the good thing is because every time we play it, we're fucking shit faced drunk. It means the next time you play it, you've forgotten half of the ones no, you exactly. come up with. Here we go. Don't go breaking my arse. Brilliant. Well Brilliant. done. Yeah, there but we go. no, this is. It, this was almost like designed yeah, for another that crack in my ass. Um, can you imagine? Fucking brilliant! Right, let's hear it. Uh, yeah, can it live up to that? No, well, no, it can't. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I tell you what, though, this song—not here, right—but this really sounds like something else. And I wonder if you've got the same note. Oh, I've, I've said it reminds me of an '80s tune, but I don't know what it is. Listen, it's um. Here we go. Hang on. It's just after this little piano when he goes. It's Human Nature by Michael Jackson. That's fucking yeah. what it is. I was like, is it? I thought either Michael McDonald or Mr. Mister, but it is. Yeah. It's, it's Human Nature. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Right. It took me ages to get it as well. But yeah, I was, I was struggling. Yeah. I was like, this is something. This is definitely yeah. something. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this is the first song that we sing over four minutes on this album, mm-hmm. which again, you know, fair play to them because I suspect the temptation yeah. was to do another chorus and a load of So them. yeah, so look, once I kind of managed the human expectation part, right, is that, and we get into here into this this bridge which is happening now. Yep. And at this point, I'm not expecting an enormous amount, but yeah, I do like this chorus. This is great. This yeah. chorus is one of the best choruses on yeah. here. The fucking really cadence of this, the way it fucking runs. Yeah. Tell you what it reminds me a little bit of. Cool. A little bit of um, Kaylee by. Uh, oh, that's the other one that definitely yeah, yeah. is right. Well, fucking hell. Yeah. Right, my Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking too. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, no, I, I, this this one, I, I wasn't expecting yeah. anything. A track 11, non single track, back at the end of the album. Wasn't expecting much no. of this. This is one of the best tracks on the record. It really is. No, I, I absolutely agree. I think this is terrific. That chorus, mm. especially. Yeah. But because of the chorus. Mm. I actually I'm, I'm fine with the slower build on the yeah. verse because it does get into that yeah. it makes you appreciate that and I'm happy with this being over four minutes because yeah. yeah there's more of that no I really like this weirdly right in terms of production people on the album it's, there's a variety of different ones two of the songs are produced by the Rapino brothers um, right. who, who did one of the remixes for Could It Be Magic as well I think okay. the, the Rapino mix this is one of them but the other one is the last one, which I thought was one of the worst songs on here. Yeah. And yeah. it's just such a difference in sound. I thought they would have had a sound, but no, they've 
Actually, no, done this. I think you'd have thought. Be... You'd have thought. Rapine, yes, but Rapino. No, well, quite. I, I did think because as well, I, I read Rapino, and it, for some reason, I read it somewhere, and it was all in block capitals. And the O at the end looked like a G, and I was like, the Raping Brothers? Like, what? <laughs> like, oh no. Yeah, that's it. Oops. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But no, it's, it's just terrific, this, this chorus. One of the best yeah, bits. Yeah, excellent. Right. Really like that. Nothing oh, much right. else to yeah, say about yeah. that. Pleasant surprise. Number, number 11 there. So track 12 is called Broken Your Heart. Okay. Another one for the uh, heart oh, yeah, It exactly yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And... This one is just another one of these fucking oh, disco stompers. I'm surprised at how dull these are. Absolute rubbish. This is awful. Absolute yeah, rubbish. I would skip this every time. Yeah, yeah. This is every rubbish. There's no, no, no reason in this world this should have been included, and this no. should have been 13 rather than 12 tracks. No, absolutely not. Listen to these fucking awfully deployed samples and Rubbish. Uh, can we just skip this and say nothing else oh, about it um, or yep. what I like to think is that somewhere, someone somewhere has been waiting for us to review this album that's their favourite song ever oh, no. and they're waiting to hear what we've got to say we're just like get rid of it sorry, anyway. sorry John and Leeds if, if, if that is your favourite song <laughs> let us know anyway uh, so track 13 is uh, last track on the album is uh, yeah so this is the one where they let uh, little uh, little Marky Owen oh, loose little Mark little Mark this one's called Babe and we finished this is the longest song by quite some way it's nearly five minutes long yeah this was the fourth single in December '93, and uh, this got to number one. I mean, this thing, this kind oh, no, of the, here's the phone. The phone. That was a trope, wasn't it? Well, yeah, rubbish. Yeah, um, yeah. It's got to number one in December '93, but it didn't get the Christmas number one because Mr. Blobby knocked it off. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah. But yeah, Mark Owen's first headline slot on the vocals, and he, I mean, they are putting a lot of pressure on him to bring this drama. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it to me. Mark Owen doesn't scream drama and no. you know it doesn't like have that gravitas voice but they've gone for it but you know <laughs> the thing about this song right this is an insipid little love song right right and it swells and it soars and when I take a step back from it it's objectively bad. Okay. But for some reason, I really like this song. I, I think this is decent. I think it's a good tune. And the rock guitar. Very catchy. The rock guitar that comes out of nowhere. Utterly no incong- incongruous yeah. to the track. But. Right? Yeah. But. And do you know what that, that guitar reminds me of? Go on. You know the breakdown in uh, in Welcome Home by Coheed and Cambria? <laughs> One of the best breakdowns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Oh well, maybe they were inspired. Um, the thing is, right? This is this is long and melodrama, languid. Though, right? yeah. But we did meatloaf, meatloaf recently. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm fine with a big long song with kind of a mawkish storyline and a really stupid lyric message. So I'm fine with that because um, this is you know Marco and he, he's revisiting an old flame. Yeah. He turns up on her doorstep unannounced, which frankly don't do that, man. Oh, it was the nineties. It was. But he didn't. Yeah, yeah you, there was, he yeah. didn't even phone ahead because it turns out he's got her number. He just oh, turned, he has. He's just turned up on the doorstep. There's, right. there's some bloke answers the door. It's not oh. her. He says, "No, nah, she doesn't live here anymore." So he rings her mm-hmm. and goes round. So he did have the number. Um, and here we go. Um, so she's taken the number with her to the new place. Yeah, uh, that was not easy in '93 as well. Man, yeah. Fair enough. Um, so she's moved house without telling him. Mm-hmm. And he turns up and he sees her and just underneath, here we go. 
Oh no, it's coming the next verse, isn't it? Anyway, essentially, he sees a little boy, and the line is, and he's got my eyes. And so I was like, oh, that's, that's terrifying. Fucking terrible. How'd he get them? Yeah. Uh, as an aside, I have been so polluted by body count that anytime I do hear someone saying, my eyes, I just hear Ice T going, bitch! <laughs> Which, let's face it, might have added something to something to this song as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's so this woman has moved house, had his son, and not told him. Mm-hmm. He's turned up on the doorstep. I think he's in the wrong on this. She is getting away from him. He's done something. Yeah, she doesn't want him to know. She doesn't want her son to be. Oh, here we go. He's going to say, "Bitch." <laughs> Oh. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I bet the guitar's starting to come in. At the woman's refuge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. I've uh, tracked you down. Yeah. I know where you are. Fuck's sake. I've got a photograph of you <laughs> tattooed on my ass. But yeah. Still a good song, though. <laughs> oh, we went full on Beavis and Butthead there as well. Fuck's sake. Uh, but this is a well-written little weird pop song. Yeah. Again, Mark doesn't have the pipes um, for this. Yeah. No, I'm but then none of them do. None of them do. No. But you know what, man? This is pulled off. I, I, I like this one. This is... There's three on this album that I like uh-huh. particularly, and I guess we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But um, anyway, but uh, I really like that. The only th- other thing that's made me think of, because uh, it's essentially the same storyline but from the other side, is Hearts. All I want to do is make love to you. Yeah. Where she goes out and mm-hmm. bangs some bloke, yeah. has his kid, and then pumps into him on the street. Doesn't hand over her phone number though. Doesn't. Absolutely doesn't, not. Doesn't. No. It, it makes it very clear that she wants nothing else to do mm. with him. She just wanted his sperm. Yeah. But, well, in fact, she said. They said um, the lyrics are, then it happened one day, we came around the same way. You can imagine his surprise when he saw his own eyes. You know, it's yeah. the same same thing there. But it's also got the, the lines, and you know, God bless Hart for actually singing these and put these on record. Yeah. We made magic that night. He did everything right. He brought the woman in me so many times, easily. Yeah. Easily. Oh, that's just easy. Me cringe. <laughs> and I told him, I am the flower, you are the seed. We walked in, in the garden, garden, we planted, planted a the tree. tree. Well, there's poetry. That's, yeah. I mean, that that's is poetry. sex. It doesn't get if, much sex If that isn't that. poetry, then <laughs> yeah. my name isn't David Robert Fenton. <laughs> yeah, quite. Uh, just as a total aside, right. uh, in terms of take that, I uh, do remember the first time I saw the name of a tribute act, it made me very appreciative, because uh, Fake That is a fake good that. tribute yeah. act name. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is a good... You can have uh, Take This. Oh, yeah, that would work. Yeah. Would, yeah um, um, but there just made me think that sometimes... There are tribute act names that crease me up, and oh, I, I looked into other other ones that kind of I, I enjoyed um, stuff like Proxy Music. That's good. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that is good. brilliant. That's excellent. Uh, the Foe Fighters nice. works well. Fake No More. Fake No More. I've yep. not heard that one. Right. Uh, Iffy Clyro. That cracked me up when I saw that. <laughs> Iffy, Iffy Clyro. Iffy Clyro. Uh, and By Jovi as well. Yeah, Always uh, made me by, laugh. Uh, no Oasis. No Oasis. Of course. Yeah, exactly. It works one. well. Um, apparently there's one called Break Wind and Fire. Oh, fuck off. That's <laughs> great. Good. Yeah. That's amazing. I imagine that's a more comedy version. Amazing. But yeah, then you do have stuff like, you know, Dread Zeppelin and... Uh, 
well, there was Gabba um, who did Ramon style cover versions of ABBA songs yeah. as well. So well, there's um, have you, there's there's Max Sabbath. Have you seen them? Max up, no. Yeah, Max Sabbath. It, it's um, they do Black Sabbath covers dressed up as characters from McDonald Land. So oh, like, I have seen that. Yeah, yes, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, there's um, one of my favorite ones I came across recently yeah. is a Beastie Boys covers band called the Beast Decoys. The Beast Decoys. That is quality it's fucking really great good. isn't it i might put something on twitter like uh, if anyone else has got stuff that they particularly like mm-hmm. just because there's going to be loads i haven't heard of but yeah it's just something that uh, occurred to me along the way while i was uh, fan fantastic man i'm glad you brought that along that um, was it that was it as always we put this out to twitter for your comments on the record we've got john in leeds in fact who has simply put the greater the barlow the greater the hits and i'm not mm-hmm. sure if he means that uh, in terms of writing or singing but mm-hmm. surely he can't mean singing oh who knows Ben Collins, uh, he said he hated them at the time as they were enemy in the eyes of a 16-year-old me listening to the Mannix, Faith No More, Blur and Carter. While other 90s pop deserves re-evaluation, I assume this is actually still rubbish. Mm, so interesting. Ben, uh, I mean, that's essentially where I was coming from mm. uh, as well whenever I came oh, into I was this. more hopeful. Sure. Oh, here's Gaz Jones. Secret uh, mega guilty pleasure at the time. My teenage mind could never understand how I could love Sepultura Sugar and take that at the same time. Mm. Fuck it. Prayers, an all-time 90s pop banger, although nothing on this album compares to Mark Owen's Clementine. Oh, well. Well, I've never heard Mark Owen's Clementine. I did meet him around that time. I'm sure I've told the story on the podcast before. I can't remember if you have. I was working in HMV. He came in and bought the Deeper Underground mm. single uh, from Godzilla by Jamiroquai. Right. I uh, tried to sell him the whole album, tried to upsell him. He wasn't interested, but he did buy the single. Oh, fair he enough. He was very, very pleasant, and he played with a Platinum American Express. Wait, wait, I've got a, a very uh, three steps removed Mark Owen story as well. I was uh, at a meeting at Island Records in... God, it must have been about 2000 or 2001. And the meet, the big meeting room was downstairs and you, the, you could see out the window to the main drive coming up. And we were chatting about whatever it was. And I can't even remember what band it was. I'm sure it was someone also ran indie thing that got one single and then dropped. But walking down, I looked up and Mark Owen was walking in mm-hmm. and we made eye contact and he gave me a smile and a nod. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea who I was, but I was like, I, I must have looked shocked. Uh, he, he was so affable like just, is, yeah. like just nice guy and this is the thing right you know and we've talked about this i think before in the podcast but the thing about take that mm. when they did the circuit the first time around mm. and everyone that was kind of on the low tier of the uh, entertainment industry in the early 90s yeah they went out of their way to be so nice to everyone uh, in such uh. stark contrast to the to the way that a lot of the acts acted that when the time came around that they could have a second bite of the cherry the um, the industry and the people that had moved on and were now kind of gatekeepers yeah. in the industry were like, yeah, we're going to give these guys those another run around right. in a way that a lot of those acts didn't get another bite of the cherry. Um, oh, I see. So, okay. I, mean, that, I mean, how true that is, I don't know. But that's something I've certainly heard. And everyone, I, my own experience of meeting one of them was very, very positive. Sure. Uh, and everyone else I know has said... Has said similar things. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Katie Funnel. Uh, guy, Katie. Guys, I'm sad you didn't call me for this one. And she, <laughs> and she is there. We've liked that. And she's then commented again, like, so much I could have given you for this one. <laughs> Maybe we should have, Katie. I'm no, sorry we didn't. Yeah, sorry, uh, I, I, like, it, it, To be honest with you, if, if we'd had another guest that wasn't my wife on this, I'd have been stabbed. So uh, nah, don't take it personally. I just didn't Very really true, get stabbed, yeah. Katie. And then Niall Bakewell with the Zeros podcast has uh, chipped in uh, right at the end, just gone, tax allergic cunts. Well, there you go. <laughs> Oh. Although I'm going to be totally fucking honest with you, mm. like um, as much shit as anyone gets given, if someone legitimately came to me and went, "We've got this scheme," it's totally up up front and above board. It's all and, legal. Yeah, 
and I had a load of money. I'm not oh. entirely sure I wouldn't have been tempted. No, but... I do wonder. But I, I, I know very little about the ins and outs of the case, obviously. But I do wonder if they even knew, or if they, the accountant just did that. Yeah, because anyway, that's what accountants are supposed to do. Although, I mean, I think Garlock, uh, Gary Barlow is a bit of a Tory. But... Oh no, he's, he's uh, yes, he's definitely on that tip, and therefore fuck that guy. Yeah. But no, and for that bit, I suspect they didn't know uh look the point is uh, this album what, what did you think it was pretty much what i expected I, mm. I i would have liked there for there to have been a couple more unexpected bangers yeah um the ones that i recognized i was pretty much all right i know i like that or don't mm-hmm. nothing changed my mind it reminded me of a couple of ones like oh yeah that is decent but it also reminded me that i really don't like relight my fire or everything changes everything changes apart from your mind they're very much so there we go that's turns out so, yeah, yeah i mean I, for, for me this was surprisingly bad um, was it okay I, right. yeah I, I was expecting to enjoy it more um i thought it would hang together better as a mm, piece of work and it sure. doesn't it doesn't really feel like a body of work it feels like a no but i, I imagine that's because they had to hit so many different markets like we've got to have the ballad for this yeah yeah i'm, a, I'm sure one. that's the case i'm so, sure that's the case do r&b for here what yeah. i will say is when it hits when, when it's good it's very good sure um you know i mean again we disagree on relight my fire relight my fire babe and pray mm-hmm. are the three like obviously big single high nights and then yep. obviously another another crack in my heart is the is the, the kind surprise. of track that comes out and is the surprise yep. uh, track for me i don't think this is a good album right. i don't think it's a terrible album Right, yep. um, its highlights do redeem it, and you know, okay. obviously we've got to pick tracks one, two, or three. I wouldn't go three, definitely, definitely not three. We could probably agree on two if you wanted, but does it deserve two? The only reason I make the case that it possibly does mm-hmm. because we like different tracks on it. Yep, we do like a decent proportion of the tracks on this record okay yeah and we also agree there's a lot of fucking bad filler oh yeah there's some that are just wash out awful i think if we were going to do just one song Mm -hmm. i think the one that we should do would be another crack in my heart because it's the one that everyone's not heard that would be i would would be up for that yep Yep. absolutely and if i was going to add a second track my first choice is out yeah, of the window. Far, yeah. It would be between Babe and Prey, and I'd probably go Prey on I would go on, pray. on, on brevity. Yeah, I'd go Prey. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with those two. Should we do those two? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. All right, there you go. We get two, you get two from Take That on there. I Love mean, there'll probably, there, there will be more Take That later because they've got more number one albums. Yeah, they absolutely do. Yeah, um, but, but one, one more anyway. I'm glad we did that. It's kind of exactly the type of album that we put the podcast together yeah, sure. to listen to. Yeah. Uh, glad I've got some perspective on it. Also, glad I wasn't totally wrong. You know, I don't, mm. it was an album worth avoiding at the time. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, uh, and I can't. You know, I can't imagine that if that was your '90s, you had a better time than we did because my '90s was a lot of fun pretty fucking banging anyway yeah. um, guys we will try and be back a lot quicker next th- yeah, this time we'll around see what we can do. back with Phil Collins and then uh, kind of end of 93 wrap up the circle is complete the end yeah. of as always please let us know what you thought on social media yes, indeed. it's lovely to hear from you guys and yeah we'll try and be back with you quicker next time around take it easy All ladies and gents cheers guys bye. bye thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast. And Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCLMusicPodcast at gmail.com.